What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 227th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me today, I have Will. Wow, you started faster than I could even think. Wow. Here I am. Hooray. Here you are. This is what happens when I run like 12 miles before we record. My brain is like not caught up yet. I did, I did go a little faster than normal. I also have Travis here today. I'd like to dedicate this episode to the one person that I see the workday that still apparently plays Pokemon Go. I work at a university, so I used to see a lot of college kids playing Pokemon Go at what I assume was a Pokestop on my lunch break. Um, and, and there were used to be like 15 to 20 of them gathered there all the time, and now there's just the one. So I'd like to dedicate that to you, whoever you are. <laughs> Congrats to that person of nondescript gender dedication we have another interview based show for you guys today later on after back back the third one back to back after our first break uh i will be back with a interview with maryland who runs maryland.com a pokemon website that's been around forever strangely he runs a serabee (laughs) (laughs) it's been around for uh over a decade so we originally interviewed maryland over a hundred episodes ago so it was good to have him back on yeah he's a great guy he actually lives in the same state as i do but you'll want to check that interview out if you're here because of that uh note that that's obviously after we get through the news and we get through just our normal non-pokemon talk otherwise this show well we have a little bit of news we're going to be talking about pokemon go the first major update for pokemon go just got released last night we are recording this on july 31st i believe on august 1st there's going to be some more pokemon sun and moon news i don't know what that will entail but if you are looking forward to that just follow our twitter at pokemon podcast we'll keep up to date with that and then when we record again we'll of course talk about that with that being said, before we jump into Pokemon things, Will, how was your week? I mean, pretty decent. I've been uh, anticipating my following week, which is going to be my vacation. So just trying to get things closed up, shut down, and all the monsters hunted that I can. Where are you headed, or is it like a staycation? Dude, Gen Con is next week. Oh, cool. Remember how you bailed <laughs> on me for that? Yeah. I mean, I remember yeah. that, but... I don't remember the the date. It came faster than expected. I feel like I have a million things to do before Gen Con. Oh, I definitely do, and I'm leaving a day earlier before you. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. I Even was telling last time. <laughs> I was telling you last night. I was up to like three a.m. cleaning my kitchen because I like to have my house clean before I leave on vacation. Uh, Travis, though, what is new with you? Been spending the weekend with uh, with my family, and actually yesterday I was at a friend's bachelor party too. So pretty busy, busy weekend of board games with family and a less debaucherous bachelor party than you would expect. What is it with all these people and their engagements and bachelor parties and yeah, marriages? They should like, stop. And, right? They should stop Ugh. getting married. And marriage is <laughs> such a like 18th century out of date waste of time. 18th century, eh? Yes. All right. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I've. Travis was what what board games did you play? Was there a good one? Um so uh all I mean my family has taste, please. Um <laughs> we played uh so today we played Machi Koro, which is a good I love 
love Machi Goro. Yeah, well, I don't even know what what genre would you call that? Like, uh, I would say uh, it's pretty a high, it's a pretty high luck game. Hmm. Yeah, it that's, is. That's um, the one where you collect the sushis, and then if you get the piece of cake, you win, right? No, that's uh, sushi no. go. Uh, Machi Koro is like you're you're building a little city and you roll the dice and it um, will activate those buildings that you bought in the city to give you money. Um, and then we played Millennium Blades, which is pretty funny and, and pretty good. I don't know if you played that one, Steve. No, I've never heard of that. What is that? It's uh, how do I even? So it's like a trading card game simulator. <laughs> so half of. Half of the game is playing a trading card game in a tournament, and the other half of the game is buying packs and trading with other players, but it's all like contained. There actually isn't a trading card game. It's it's all in one box. And so like you play the the tournament with a fairly simple trading card game, and then you earn like money from doing that, which then you can but you earn points from doing that, and then you can earn more points by like gathering a collection and and buying cards and stuff it's it's and the aesthetic of it is plays on the sort of busy aesthetic that a lot of card games have especially like uh Yu-Gi-Oh! so it has like all of these like very vibrant color like too many colors and too many things going on but it's on purpose because it's sort of making fun of that sort of thing but it's it's quite fun i enjoyed it it's difficult to describe but if you look it up cool. you'll understand it what yeah. was that one more time for the name millennium blades okay Cool. Well, my week has been consisted of a little bit of Monster Hunter Generations, and I played a little bit with Will last night and played Okay, with... how is, like, four hours straight playing a little bit? I mean, if you take four hours out of your entire week, that is a little bit. Oh, fine, 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 I, fine. I, <laughs> I think, though, I played a little bit before that, too. I probably put in, like, eight hours this week, this past week. So I played with a bunch of people in Slack and played with Will, played with Logan and and other people. I'm forgetting their names, but uh, it was great. If uh, we have about 30 or so people out of our 200 people in the Monster Hunter channel in our Slack. So if you're wanting to play Monster Hunter, if you've never played it before, I feel like Monster Hunter is uh, maybe we said this last week. Monster Hunter, the Monster Hunter player base is is the most open player base to teaching other people how to play Monster Hunter. And I definitely feel that. Like, I definitely don't mind hunting lower-level monsters to help people learn and play Monster Hunter. So if that's something you're into, our Slack community has a great Monster Hunter group that seems to be active pretty pretty much every day. I see people willing to hunt or wanting to hunt. The other thing I've been working on is a rebrand of Pokemon Podcasts, and it's super effective. It is, this would be technically our sixth year anniversary episode. Probably put some like people cheering in the background or something here. Are you sure? I am sure that this is year six. What, what was the birth date of It's Super Effective? First episode? Yeah. When, when did you record it? Back I, in that dark basement full of mold it and mildew. It was 2010. I know that. I know that for sure. It was probably July 26th, but probably didn't hit iTunes until the 28th, if, if I was to get that right. And the website, which was being made prior, probably didn't go up until about August 1st. So, like, the day before your birthday? No, my birthday was two days ago. Your birthday was the 29th? Yeah. So yeah. you just said it went on the, the internet. On, mm. 
You're just so disagreeable today. I guess that's what we're going to have to deal with. All right. All right. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I I mean, there's no, I'm sure there's a specific date when that episode was published. But to me, I didn't start like at, you would have had to specifically known that it was created and in iTunes on that date where I didn't really like announce it until the website was up, which was, I think, for it doesn't matter. It's this sort is, of like how no one knows for sure when Jesus of Nazareth was born, so we just say that it's December twenty fifth because it's it's it, it it was lost to time. Um, but it's an important enough. I would say that it's an important enough event to have something on par with Christmas. <laughs> yes, yes. So everyone, exchange gifts today. <laughs> exchange your Pokemon plushes with each other. Celebrate the sixth year of this podcast. Uh, so yeah, I've been working on rebranding, redesigning the logos, the type, I, slightly the website. Like the website structure will same, stay the same, but the graphics will be updated. A uh, little bit of color adjustment. So this was this was just me being not satisfied with the the typography that I used for the podcast art and everything and like i've always enjoyed the pokeball logo that i originally designed but when i went down this rabbit hole of like looking for fonts and and getting that to work in a way that i enjoyed stuff got changed so by the time this episode is up the rebrand should be out and about hopefully i'm gonna we're recording this on sunday afternoon so i'm gonna quickly try to wrap everything up tonight but uh, I have to give a shout out to Micah, who has been on. He is also a designer, so uh, he's been helping me with that rebrand. I've, I've, if you're ever like a designer, or I'm sure musicians suffer from this, or other creative people, it's like everything you make, you slightly hate, or you're slightly not satisfied with. So it's always great to have like another designer to go to and bounce thoughts and designs off of. And I, and when you guys all see it, maybe I'll I'll go over and talk about why things were changed or how how we got to the the end row that we did. But I want a justification for every pixel. Every stroke will be justified. <laughs> Speaking of justification, let's justify some news that came out. I'm not sure if that was a good transition or not. It wasn't. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first bit of news is it's a Pokemon party at Gen Con. This is actually off Pokemon.com. There is a there's battling fun for everyone in Indianapolis at the 2016 Gen Con gaming convention. Come to India, Indianapolis on August 4th to 7th and battle in a booster draft and sealed tournament deck using TCG XY Steam Siege pre-release boxes. This is like the same thing they do at like Worlds and Nationals. Uh, plus league challenge competitions and a Pokemon Pokin tournament event prizes and giveaways will be available for competitors and event attendees alike. No matter how you like to battle, there's competitive fun for every type of trainer at Gen Con. Would you do a booster draft if I uh, paid for it? Uh, yeah, I think so. But like, does anyone actually win a booster draft? No, there are no winners in a booster draft. Oh, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, look for the flying... Pikachu high over the area event in Hall B in the Indiana Indiana Convention Center and another Pikachu floating over Pokemon Center pop-up shop booth at 2627. Oh, I'm so excited. That's the first time I read that. 
I was hoping there would be a Pokemon Center booth because I want to waste money on plushes and pins. So booth 2627, two, having fun battling in TCG video game and Pokemon tournament events at Gen Con. So there you go. Will and I will be there. Travis will not be. Will not be. You got it. Breaking news right here. All right, moving on. Pokemon Ranger Shadows of Amila, Ami- Al- Almaya, Almia. Almia. Almia, will be released on the Wii U console in Japan. It was originally released on the 3D, the Nintendo DS on March 20th, 2008. It has already been released in Europe and Australia, coming to Japan next. Actually, by the time you hear this recording, if you are a Japanese listener, it will be live in the Wii U virtual console. So, a little bit of news there. I don't, I've never played that game. I don't sound I don't, travis have you i have not played any of the ranger games no oh will uh i did start that game but it does share a uh defect that the current super mystery dungeon does that the introductory portion was a little bit too long to help maintain people's interest in the game sun and moon pre-order bonuses have been announced for australia and europe these are from certain retailers in australia UK, France, Portugal, Belgium, Netherlands, Italy. It looks like if you pre-order, if you're in Australia and you pre-order at JB Hi-Fi, you will get a bonus Solgaleo or Lunala figure, one or the other. I guess you would have to pre-order both to get both. Australian customers can alternately alternately buy the collector's edition of the game from EB Games, which includes a pin, a steelbook, and a poster UK customers can go to Shop 2 to receive a code for a set of Quick Balls, including if they pre-order the Fan Edition. I think that's also the Steelbook. United Kingdoms can pre-order at Game or Nintendo Official UK Store to release, also receive the bonus Solgaleo or Lunala figure, including if they pre-order the Fan Edition. Belgium and Netherlands can pre-order at Game Media, and you get... The amazing special code for 12 quick balls. France customers can pre-order at Micromania. They will receive a pin. Portugal can pre-order at Gaming Replay. They will also receive a pin. And if you are in Italy, you can pre-order at GameStop. And GameStop will give you a code. They will give you a code for 12 quick balls. Man, those the, quick balls the, are in high demand. <laughs> Twelve the of them. Most surprising news, I think it was in Australia, that you said EB Games still exists. Yeah. I thought he said JB Hi-Fi. And, yeah, they have two different options. You can go to JB Hi-Fi for the figures or EB Games for the pin and a poster. They also have EB Games in Canada still, which is like, it feels like I'm going back in time. Well, Canada is always in the past, is it not? Yeah, I mean, they're like, they're so far behind us, technically. I mean, you go there and people are still using 8-tracks. That's not true. I'm just making <laughs> something up. Wait, did you see the Nicki Minaj Babbage's meme? There's a Nicki Minaj Babbage's meme? Those, yes. those two phrases do not do not make any oh, sense to me when put you together. You have to look it up. It's so hot. Is it like in, in like a song, it sounds like she's saying Babbage's or something? Correct. <laughs> That's cool. That's, I like that's how good. Travis has identified the meme without. <laughs> oh, I, I I bow down to Travis. He is the meme lord. Oh well, thank you. Is that a compliment? I guess, I suppose. Let's. Uh, I was on YTM and D back in the day. Why? What is 
you the, uh, man you're the now, man, dog. You're the man now, dog. Oh, okay. Uh, it's right? it was so you know like the oh really meme, and you know like the what are some other ones to start? Well, a lot of the old meme, like very old memes in the. Would you say will like late nineties, early two thousands, or was it just early two thousands that was YTMND? Uh, no, I was in my current office building, and we moved there there in two thousand six when the. Oh, uh, okay. So not not uh, as early as I'm thinking. Yeah, no, because there I know there was a Harry Potter uh, Snape meme. Oh that yeah, was on yeah. YTMND. But around that era, there was a website called YTMND.com where you would upload an image. A sound file and write some text and it would generate a website at whatever you named it dot ytmnd.com where it would play that audio on a loop have that image or or gif like animated gif and then put the text over it in like all caps times new roman in a way that looked like it was like flying at you <laughs> And so, you would so, just like make jokes with it, I guess. Yeah, it was very much um, if to put things in modern terms, like a love child between iFunny and Vine, because it would just very, repeat yeah, the yeah. same very brief animated GIF over and over and over and over again of a meme. I see. How wait? How do we get here? Because Travis was active on the site. Because Travis is yeah, a that, meme I mean, that's word. Pr- yeah, that's that's proof that I that's my meme cred that I was on YTMND in the. I see. The All right. Mid 2000s. He, he was pumping out those tasty, tasty memes, I understand. <laughs> I, I mostly did do's with D-E-W, which was the term for actually what we were just talking about. It sort of like a mondegreen of a misheard lyric with uh, Nicki Minaj and Babbage's because I, I would do things where that was one of the common ones you people would do is you would take a song and then you would deliberately mishear the lyric and then put an image of the misheard lyric and that would be the joke like <laughs> things were very sophisticated back in the day like, like that squeeze song pulling muscles for michelle we're, we're going yeah. we're going too off topic <laughs> <laughs> i just took it all back to the 80s <laughs> all right yeah let's talk about the 2016s and when i mean the 2016s i mean the pokemon goes yesterday july 30th was the first major update to Pokemon Go. I'm going to read what this update has done, and then we're going to talk about that a little bit. There were some people upset about this update, and we could talk about that too. Uh, I'll start off saying that I'm not upset at all about this update. I actually think that it's good, and we'll get to that. All right, so this update, uh, the first change is avatars. There is an option to customize your trainer after creation now. They added more clothing. Uh, for the male trainer, it was at least two new hats, shirts, pants, shoes, backpacks that I saw. I didn't check the female trainer. I did click the female button, and then I lost all the save settings on my male trainer. And so I just went back and recreated my male trainer again. Note it does that. <laughs> the next one is battling got changed. From my understanding, and I'm reading this article off Reddit, who break they break down what exactly the changes does besides saying like avatar changes damages per second dps has been revamped for nearly every move in the game bringing balance to this force this combat uh as they state is immensely more fun and please see this section for updated dps so battling is different i have not went outside my house since this update so i'm not sure uh nest shakeup Majority of the nests around the world are spawning different species. It's great to see species varieties like this, though it appears that certain species, they have Dratini, 
uh, have been made significantly more difficult to acquire now. So again, I think that's another good change. I am seeing uh, seal outside my house. That, that is something I have not seen for the first three weeks of playing the game. So it looks like there is a seal nest near me. I think we talked about this before about the nest. P Pokemon will respawn in certain areas that they are known for. So a week or two ago when I was talking about going down to Lake Park in the Bradford Beach area in Milwaukee, there was an onyx nest where they would spawn always by the beach and they would spawn like once every hour. And that this applies to all Pokemon in specific areas. Now they might spawn maybe once every 24 hours or once every five hours. That is kind of, you know, up in the air. But I'm assuming that that nest area for Onyx, which was one of the only places to get Onyx in the Milwaukee area, that is probably different now. So that is cool, especially for people who live out in the middle of nowhere. Hopefully they're seeing slightly different Pokemon in their area. That's, I think, exciting. Uh, number four is the transfer button. The button is no longer at the bottom of the Pokemon detail screens. This will make transferring much more efficient. Uh, you can also prevent transferring your you can also be prevented from accidentally transferring your favorite Pokemon. So when you mark a Pokemon as favorite, now you don't now you can't accidentally release it, which is again another good change. Uh, the other thing they mentioned is bug fixes. That includes bugs with the maps, the gyms, encounters, memory leaks. They've also removed all bug-type Pokemon as a bug fix. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so avatars can be recustomized. 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 I'm going to keep that, I guess. Adjust battles. <laughs> move damage values for some Pokemon. Refined certain gym animations. Improved memory leaks. Removed footprints of nearby Pokemon. We'll get to that. Modified battle damage during modif modified battle damage calculation. Various bugs during wild Pokemon encounters. I'm assuming that's where the Pokeball gets stuck in midair. Updates to the Pokemon detail screen. Updated to the achievement metal images. Fixed an issue displaying certain map features. Minor text fi fixes. All right. So those are all the updates in the patch notes. The big thing that are that is corrupted uh, positivity of this game is the removal of the distance indicator, the steps. Now, I'm sure Will knows how this works. I'll break it down for Travis. There is a nearby feature in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. When you tap that, it brings up up to nine Pokemon that are in the area. And if you have never seen that Pokemon, it is a silhouette of that Pokemon of the whole, like, who's that Pokemon? And if you watch a TV show or you know anything about Pokemon, you can pretty much identify which Pokemon that is. Maybe not Voltorb or Electrode, because they're very similar, but for the most part, you can identify the silhouette. Now, under the silhouettes, there was a little footprint, and it, it was either no feet, one foot, two foot, or three feet, and it meant if there was no feet, that Pokemon would pop up within the minute. Any second it would pop up. If there was one feet, you'd have to walk uh, a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say a lot, Probably one or two city blocks. And the two feet were probably more of like five to six city blocks. And the three feet was, ah, you're probably going to be walking more than a mile. But it showed you the general premise. So if, if you saw a silhouette of a Snorlax at three, uh, you could start walking in a direction. And if it went down to two, 
and then it went down to one, you obviously knew you were walking the right direction. If it disappeared, you were probably walking in the opposite direction. So that's how that whole system worked. And for those listening that said like, "Uh, well, actually two feet is more than five to six feet. That was just a general explanation. I'm sure people have calculated the exact distance. I was just giving a general of how the feet worked. So in other words, cool it, okay? (laughs) Just chill for a minute. There was an update about a week or two ago. I can't remember exactly when it came out. But what it did is when uh, Niantic was releasing these to more countries and an update came, all the steps became three steps. And no matter what, everything was three steps. So people were a little upset that this, what was called three-step glitch, happened. Now, if you listened to the episode last week, Logan explained that it wasn't a glitch, that they purposely turned it off to help with server load. Nothing of that was ever confirmed. I don't know if it was turned off because of server load. I don't know if it was just broken. I don't know if it was Google Map data's. I don't know. No one really knows why it was turned off or why it broke. But because of this update, they have removed steps altogether. The last we heard about the motivation for this this decision was due to safety concerns. But again, that was not confirmed. That is just what Reddit has stated. They did say, though, if the Pokemon appears on the map you spotted, they now stay on the map for roughly 300 meters, an increased distance. So again, don't know, but Reddit is very, very upset about this, or, and, and on Twitter, and on Facebook. Checked Facebook this morning, I saw a couple upset posts, I checked Twitter last night, upset posts, Reddit, upset posts. This is still one of the top games in the iTunes App Store, in the Google Play App Store, still one of the top grossing games. Still, you know, more active users than Twitter, more active users than Candy Crush, than Clash of Clans, so... Obviously, the game is extremely popular. They removed this feature, which some people found crucial, but at the same time, hasn't worked for almost two weeks. What are your thoughts, Will? Uh, well, first off, I'm uh, amazed that Tumblr is so cool and calm about the whole thing. They're usually the ones that go off the wire faster than anybody else. Tumblr's always um, like one week late. <laughs> oh, all right. I, you know, I don't never understood i think i'm getting a better understanding of the fetishization of the footprint thing i never used it i the the way i play pokemon go am like perfectly happy-go-lucky i'm walking along whichever pokemon encounter i encounter those are the ones i get and that's fine but i guess there are people who are actually like using that to try to complete their pokedex and like literally hunting down different Pokemon that they didn't have to try to get to them and everything. So it does like fundamentally change the way that those people play the game because it's no longer for, I mean, yeah, they can't do sort of a scientifically derived triangulation, find the Pokemon specific that they're looking for. They can only do like I was doing, which was like walking around and whatever Pokemon happened to show up, those are the ones I grabbed. Um, I think overall, if it's not too harmful to the game, it's actually going to increase the game's longevity because it makes it more difficult for people to find rarer Pokemon. And so it'll slow down the rate of Pokedex completion. 
and then a slower you got to hit that sweet spot of the slowness of completing the pokedex and maintaining interest in the game to get that like perfect amount of longevity of people playing the game i i'm pretty sure that if you know how it lists nine pokemon will yes the ones that were always closest to you were always in the first or second spot like if you saw a snorlax in like the the fifth spot it usually meant that it was two or three footprints away and it wouldn't pop up anyways and the closer you got to it the more it would move up that list so i'm pretty sure the list order is still telling you which ones are closest well probably i i never use that so i mean it's just i guess if you can't see the number of footsteps decreasing or maybe you now have no faith in whether the ordering of that list actually means anything i would be i i haven't I haven't played Pokemon Go for more than a couple minutes a day just because I haven't gotten outside the house. I've just been so busy. I mean, I we're we're both going to Gen Con, Will and myself, and so I'll be playing a lot of Pokemon Go there because that just involves a lot of walking and there's there's downtime between events. It might be ten or fifteen minutes of downtime, but that's still enough to walk to a, another destination and just open your app and check if there's Pokemon in the area. So I'm definitely going to be playing a lot this upcoming week. Travis, as an, as an outsider, would it upset you that this game originally said there's a Charmander in this area. It's about two steps away to now there's just a Charmander in this area. Good luck. I guess it would depend on... Does it give you a direction? No. It Does d- it ever it, give you a direction? Yes. No. It did, no. actually. It did. It, it, no, it did not tell you go this way, that way, the other way. All yes, it, it said was one footprint, two footprint, three footprint. No, if if you if the bar was pulsing, that means you were facing the right direction. So if it said that Charmander was two footprints away and you pulled him up as your main focus, because on the list of nine Pokemon, you can either ignore that list or just tap on one. And if you tapped on one, that would be the focused Pokemon that you'd be looking for. So then you would spin in a 360 degree direction. And when the bar started pulsating, that means you were facing the right direction to start walking. What? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Does it, does it they still do that? Away? I'm not sure. If it does still do that, then I, then I don't think I would be as upset because, well, I mean, first of all, it sounds like, and I mean, I've been talking to my brother this weekend because he hasn't played a Pokemon game since fourth gen and he's been playing Pokemon Go. So I've sort of just been asking him about it. Um, and, and he echoed a lot of the sentiments that other people have said, which is that the game sort of just throws you into it and says, figure out all the mechanics, which can be good or bad. Um, so if it, if I had known about this thing you were just explaining and the fact that Will has been playing it and didn't know that indicates to me that they don't do, they don't really show that prominently so no they never they out. never explain that ever if i had already known that i wouldn't be so mad about the step change because i would at least be like well i at, at least i know i'm going in the right direction and it's only going at, at maximum it's going to be this amount of time for me to get there um but if i didn't know about that i would probably be more upset because it's like well i guess i'm going to have to walk a huge radius all around where i am until i find it with with sort of aimless with not even knowing 
where right. along that radius it would be. So if I pull up the nearby list, uh, I see a Pokemon on my list. In order here, it's Goldeen, Rattata, Pidgeotto, Weedle, Pidgey, Venonat, Rattata, and Weedle. And I cannot, I cannot select them anymore. So I can't bring them into focus to do the, uh, the pulsating uh, nearby bar. So that doesn't work anymore. So that sounds frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I, I have all these Pokemon, and they're not Pokemon that I really need, and nothing has popped up yet. I would assume Goldeen would be the one that pops up since it's first in the list. So I'll just keep it open and see if that happens. But the other, the other news that kind of carried off this was there was a third-party app called Pokevision. I'm sure there are other third-party apps that did this. But uh, it was real-time location map for Pokemon Go. So you could pull this up, and it would show you... Let's use the Onyx spawn. Uh, it would show you that, hey, Onyx spawn here on the Google map. This is where its nest is. And so obviously, because all the nests got changed, and they actually got changed a day or two earlier before the update, most of that data could have gone useless because, hey, that Onyx spawn is now a different spawn, right? Probably wouldn't be that hard to update it, though. Just, hey, report which Pokemon is now there. Let's update the list. Uh, They're officially closing down. In business for three weeks. Might be a new record here. Uh, They tweeted, hey, guys, we wish we had some news for you. At this moment, we are respecting Niantic and Nintendo's wishes. We will keep you guys posted. Heart emoji. Was that. It was nine hours ago as of this recording. So from my understanding, mining data from Pokemon Go and then providing it outside of Pokemon Go is against their terms and conditions. That seems about right. I'm sure that says it's somewhere in their terms and conditions no one reads. Yeah. I... Hmm. 642,000 followers. So again, pretty big... uh, Pretty big increase to have over a half million followers in like three weeks. I don't know how long it took them to build this app. I just went to their website, pokevision.com. It just says our services are currently unavailable. They are also running, I see at least three, four ads on their website. So they're probably making a ton of money off ads. So the question could be, are they getting, did, did they get a cease and desist because they were mining data outside of Pokemon Go? Or did they get a cease and desist because they were clearly making money off of Pokemon Go with ads? Oh, I see. It could be either one. I don't know what it is exactly. I don't know. I'm sh- maybe a listener will write in and say. Uh, they also had a support us via PayPal button. Now, I never used a third-party app. I knew there was a ton. I knew there was a bunch of people that said, oh, why don't you just use this app to you know, complete or fill out your Pokedex? To me, the enjoyment was just going to an area and walking around. Like One of the most exciting things to me was you know, when somebody yelled that there was a Hitmonchan in the area and I was already walking in that direction. I got there. I caught the Hitmonchan. I didn't expect a Hitmonchan. It was exciting. Hitmonchan. A Pokemon. <laughs> the, today's, t- today's episode is brought to you by Hitmonchan. <laughs> today's special word is Hitmonchan. If you hear the secret word, you have to scream real loud. <laughs> I, this question is for both of you. And this is how I feel. I feel I felt using a third-party app you just find Pokemon kind of takes away the whole exploring aspect of it. Yeah, Pokemon Go is supposed to be an adventure. You go out and you discover for yourself. You don't scientifically use apps to tell you exactly where to go. I mean, if I had every Pokemon except for like Electabuzz and, you know, I've been playing the game for several months and I couldn't find Electabuzz, I would probably use an app and say, okay, where is Electabuzz? Right? 
that I guess that would make sense in some capacity, but yeah, for that last one you need for Pokedex completion, yes. Like, where's the ditto? It it doesn't upset. I mean, again, this is someone who hasn't played the game, but it doesn't upset me that much. The idea of it doesn't upset me that much because you're not forced to use it. I mean, there might be a sense in which the people who do use it have an advantage. So they gobble up the Pokemon before the legitimate players get there. But I don't imagine that would have a huge impact on the game. And otherwise, it's not like you have to do it. I mean, that's a good point. I, I guess I've never felt like I was in a race with anyone for Pokemon Go. It's not yeah. like, oh, Travis, you have 80 Pokemon. I only have 75. I never felt like but, that. But there are people out there like that. There is, yeah, and I, I've definitely felt that in other games. Uh, a, a good example was, like, I felt when I started playing Animal Crossing on the 3DS, and I saw other people tweeting and playing Animal Crossing, I always felt like it was like, oh, they got they got a lighthouse? Oh, they got a park bench? Like, I always felt like I'm not doing good enough to get that. And at the end of the day, it was, it was Animal Crossing so random and so different for everyone that you can't really race i would suppose in animal crossing and it it did ruin the enjoyment of the time i spent with it for the most part so i definitely have tried to take a step back in in gaming and look at it of what am i getting out of this how am i playing it how am i enjoying it instead of like i need to have more pokemon than everyone else otherwise i'll won't feel superior so the whole point of this conversation is for you to justify why you were mad at me and Monster Hunter because I had started on my Tetsu Cobra Arbor before you got a chance to. I wasn't now mad. Now I understand. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Sure you weren't. <laughs> I mean, I did complete it before you. Notice how he had to say that, Travis? He just couldn't <laughs> let it lie? Notice how he had to mention that? I mean, I zoned out. You said something about Monster Hunter, so oh, I zoned out. I'm Lord. sorry. I think Pokemon Go is still cool. I don't think people need additional apps. I think it's a simple enough app uh, program to use and just enjoy. And people need to chill, relax, you know, use games for what they're supposed to be, which is a diversion from the horrors and ter- you know terrible things that we experience in our day to day world, and just have <laughs> enjoy them and not make them into additional terrors and horrors. I saw a Twitter, uh, saw a tweet out there which upset me because I'm really hoping it's not real. That there are like towns that are asking that all poke stops in the town get removed. Like, how ridiculous is that? There are places that are like small businesses and churches and things that are asking that they be removed. That that are, that are poke stops that are that are like writing letters to Neantic asking them to be or like emails just, or whatever asking to be I removed. Don't, I don't understand. You don't have to be that close to a Pokestop to activate it. What what's the deal? I, I mean don't... there there is a church that I pass that the only way to activate it is to drive into their parking lot. And that is probably uh a big enough inconvenience for some churches to be like, okay, all these cars keep pulling in our parking lot. Like please leave. Well here's some advice Pokemon Go players it's a game for walking, not for driving around. <laughs> so walk across the church's park. They're not going to mind if there, you walk there into is their There's zero sidewalks park. to get to this church because let me tell you, in the middle of, of Heartland, there are no sidewalks and you have to drive to get anywhere. Well, somebody needs to write a city planner about that. And instead yeah, of I was going to say, that sounds like stops, a, more of a sidewalks. Well, I mean, it's, it it's like more of a, uh, a city planning fault than, than anything. Yeah, it's, it's off a small road where the speed limit's 50 so there are no sidewalks anyways i want to 
tackle this complaint because it's more to me of a PSA on this PSA. Again, this is on Reddit. It has 2,500 upvotes. It's on the Pokemon Go subreddit that has 750,000 subscribers. So this is kind of just a PSA about the PSA for our listeners. This PSA says, iTunes refund Pokemon Go purchases. This This person wrote, I just got all my money back that I spent on this game refunded instantly. I mentioned that this update killed tracking and third-party tracking websites and made the purchases function differently than expected. Get your refunds before time runs out. Go to here. Uh, I said, a game that tracks Pokemon now has no means whether in-game or third-party uh, to track the Pokemon is, is a change in the game function. The update changed how the main game is played in terms of tracking. The last two weeks of purchases should be refunded instantly. Here's the link for Apple. Here's the link for Google. My PSA is do not do this. Seems a little silly to me. So yes, this guy is absolutely right. If you complain about an in-app purchase to Apple or Google, they will refund your money. I'm not sure exactly how Google does it because I've only ever been in the Apple ecosystem. But yes, they will do this with really no questions asked. But they will remember that forever. Please note that this person never stated that. Apple remembers every time they refund you something. So if, you know, in the future you have a kid or something else happens or you do something stupid like spend $100 on Clash Royale on accident because you were trying to spend $5. That might have happened to me. And you go to Apple and you ask for the refund. They will give it to you. But in the future, if you make that mistake again, it probably will not happen. And my advice is Pokemon Go is one of the few games where you spend money and you don't feel that ripped off. I would say that you don't feel ripped off at all. I would say like $2 for a bag upgrade for 50 more spots. I think there's value to that. Or 80 cents. Or 800 coins, which is 80 cents to get a lucky egg to double the amount of XP that you get for a half hour. I think there's absolutely value in that. They could easily charge $5 or $10 or they could charge ridiculous amount of prices for that. Now I don't I don't know how much these people spent in Pokemon Go. I'm just saying that yes, you do get a freebie when it comes to refunding via iTunes, via Google, but again, that is a freebie. That is not a anytime I regret the money I spend, I get it back because it doesn't work like that. Also, I would disagree with this person in saying that they drastically changed the game. The three-step glitch whether it was a glitch or not, was broken for almost two weeks. So whether it was there or not there, it's the game is still doing the, sa- the same exact thing it's been doing for two weeks now. They just removed it, which in hindsight makes it less confusing for new players, but it's not like anything has been different in the last two weeks. And they've, uh, they've made changes. They added trainer customization back. They added an uh, easier way to transfer Pokemon. They improved battles. Like they, they yes. They removed one thing, a thing that's been broken. They've also added features. So to say that the game is not doing what it originally, your original expectations were, kind of wrong. Yeah, and they also did not make any changes to anything that you would have spent money on, right? They didn't make the bag upgrades 25 slots instead of 50 slots for the same amount of money. They didn't make the incubators not work as well. They didn't, you know, make the lures work for half as much time. They have made no changes to anything you would have spent money on. 
The only change, like significant material change they made was on your ability to triangulate on and hunt down Pokemon, which is, you know, in the spirit of the Pokemon world, you're supposed to come across them randomly in the tall grass. You're not supposed to triangulate and and find them until you've already completed the Pokedex and get the Pokenav or the Poke-Radar. I mean, if you wanted to triangulate, like Travis said, that's not affecting other players, but that's also if somebody was violating their terms and conditions, which it seems like PokeVision was, and I don't know what terms and conditions they were violating, but clearly they were violating some terms and conditions that you agreed to when you started playing this game. That is, if Niantic didn't follow its terms and conditions, then that sets up a bad ecosystem for the future of this game. They can't just lay out all these terms and conditions and then just let people skip past those. Because you can say right now it's unfair for them to for them to close down PokeVision, but then if they didn't do that and in two months somebody figures out how to get Mewtwo before everyone else and they start distributing Mewtwo or or hacking Mewtwo, again, that's against their terms and conditions. So should they put that ban hammer down on the Mewtwo or should they not? Because you wanted them to lift the ban hammer for it's just they have as a company, as being number one in the app store, as having all these player bases, you might be unhappy, but they have to protect their brand, their game, and all the players that are playing it. So they have to follow the rules that they originally set. That, that is how copyright law works. So, yes. If you don't... Uh, no, I'm, I'm not copyright. Trademark law. Is it... Cop- nah. Which one is it? It is trademark. I think trademark. If, yeah, yeah, if you don't... If you do not actively protect strangely it's actually maritime law would you stop (laughs) if you do not actively protect your trademark you lose your trademark so it's almost a requirement that they have to but once again there is no nowhere has anyone said that it was niantic that asked them to cease and desist they just said on their own that they decided to stop going maybe they didn't make enough money maybe they made enough money and said well we don't have to work anymore and we don't (laughs) not going to support this it could happen. I would do it. I would do it. The last thing I wanted to touch on for Pokemon Go is that a lot of people, when I say a lot, because I've said that a lot this episode. <laughs> so what I've seen on Twitter, what I've seen on Reddit, what I've seen on Facebook, are people are upset that Niantic does a terrible job at communication. We've known this since before the game was even released, when it appeared in Australia, and everyone was like, let us know if it's coming or not, right? We all remember this. Yeah. They have done a poor job at communication up to this point. Again, a lot of people say, well, just let us know what's going on. Just give us a blog post. It's not that hard. It's easy to say that it's not that hard because none of us know what's actually going on. They also have a job posting for a community manager. Maybe they don't even have a person there that could do a community manager. When you, It's hard to say that It's easy to say it's not that hard, but at the same time, somebody has to make sure that what is being communicated is within the guidelines, which is not going to be misinterpreted, which is not going to make people more upset. Now, I just wanted to compare their communication to somebody who does communicate every single week, which is Bungie. And I'm not going to go down this Destiny rabbit hole, but I see parallels I see similarities in both both these aspects. In one aspect, the Pokemon Go player base is saying, 
just communicate with us, Niantic. Just tell us something. And then in the other aspect, the Bungie player base, they have updated every single week since Destiny has come out, which is more than two years. Every Thursday, they have communicated something, whether it was major changes, whether it was, hey, we have nothing to report this week, but here's some cool videos uh, from our community, to, hey, there's going to be an update next week, or there's going to be an update in two weeks. Bungie has communicated every single week. At the end of the day, the results are still the same. Both audiences are still not satisfied. And I'm a big Destiny player. I read the update every single week because I care about what they're saying. And all I see are people going, well, uh, don't read it, guys. This update's useless. Just wait till next week. Or, oh, that's all you communicated? There's supposed to be an update next week? Why, why didn't you just tell us today? It's just negativity. People like to be negative. Oh, yeah. People like to be negative. And we've been negative on this show and we've been positive on this show. And, you know, we're trying to... And we're trying to just cover all aspects of Pokemon. But again, I've seen, the, I've seen the same outcome. You have a company that communicates every week and you have a company that has communicated like three tweets in the last couple weeks. And, and the player base is reacting the exact same. I mean, Niantic can come out and say, okay, guys, we took away the three-step glitch, which they did say in the update when you read the update notes. I, I, the people that are still upset that the three glitch... The three-step glitch is now removed from Niantic. Say, like, would you feel better if Niantic said, yeah, we removed it and uh, we don't know if it's coming back or not? Because they probably don't know if it's coming back or not. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Maybe it's not coming back. Maybe it is. But they, at that moment, they probably don't know. And removing it was probably the best because it didn't work anyways. <laughs> so why leave it in? It was just confusing because it was broken and it, and it didn't work. I was going to say, if, if, if it was helping to balance the servers, which is what Logan was indicating or suspecting, then wouldn't you rather have a game that you can log into and use more than that one particular feature? Well, the argument would be, if that is the justification, then we would like to know it. And I, I would just say that I, I, I agree with Steve that, that people tend to be dissatisfied regardless of how much communication they have with the developer. Like, um, back when I used to play a little bit of League of Legends, um, which wasn't that long ago, but um, they had a thing where they switched their queue system substantially, and a lot of, and it ended up being kind of poor for like the higher up players. It didn't ever affect me because I'm terrible, um, but it ended up making queue times very long for higher up players. So they had like a roundtable discussion. They like picked like a um, like a YouTuber, a uh, a professional player and then some of riot's development team and like community team and they like had a little like video discussion that that was like very an interesting discussion um and yet the the response was still very negative to that um even though they communicated their reasoning um so while there is validity to that i would also say that the fact that this they released this game granted they they probably didn't know how big it was going to be but it was going to be a big popular game and they didn't have a community manager before they hired before they launched it. Like that, the, the fact that they have a, a listing for a community manager now seems like a bit of an afterthought. They that they should have been um, planning on much before that. I would think. Yeah, I just think the the people who are being vocal about not enough communication are probably the same people that would still be unsatisfied if communication was given. Yes, I look at 
what Pokemon Go has done. And I looked at the update last night and I read the update and I opened the app and it worked. And all the bullet points that the updates stated were pretty clear, made sense. Like, okay, all right, the three-step glitch is gone. No more steps. I get it. Will it come back? Maybe. Will I keep playing it? Absolutely. The three-step thing never came back. Would I still play it? Yeah, I would. I don't know. What do you want? It's free. If you put money into it and you're a little upset, talk to every person who played World of Warcraft because that game has dramatically changed. I don't know. It's, it's, there's definitely passion behind the people that are upset. They definitely care. The game is less than a month old. I guess my advice is, you know, just give it some time. You don't have to play it every day. I played it, I put 12, 14 hours into Pokemon Go in, in a weekend. I played it a lot. Now I haven't touched it for almost a week. Besides, you know, oh, I'm at the grocery store. Let me see if there's any Pokemon around. Okay, just Weedles. Yeah, never mind. And I'm still having a great time with it. There's only 151 Pokemon. There's supposed to be 700 eventually. Game has plenty of room to grow. And, you know, in any, any game, any business, any industry, anything that, there's, that is this popular, they might have to take one step back to take three steps forward. That's all I got there. With that being said, take a break. When we come back is our interview with Marilyn. We're going to talk about Pokemon Go. Now, this was all rec- just to let you guys know, this was recorded before this Niantic update. So we do talk about Pokemon Go a bit, more just, just our enjoyment of it. So when we, be, when we come back, we'll have our interview with Marilyn. After that, we'll be back with our Pokemon of the week. Sit tight. SBJ here to tell you guys that we actually at Super Effective have a Patreon. If you want to support It's Super Effective, you can head over to patreon.com slash it's super effective. Patreon.com slash it's super effective. This sounds like an ad because it is. If you want if you want to support It's Super Effective, we would really appreciate that. We try to do a lot of cool things. We try to travel places. We try to do new stuff like Mixler or video content or adding more stuff to YouTube or getting new microphones to people or trying new services out. In order to do all that before, that would come right out of my pocket, which, you know, is no big deal. I love doing the show. I've been doing it for six years. I love you guys listening. But with a little bit of support, It helps me do more. It helps me get out. Maybe I can hit up another live show. Like, I only applied for PAX West because I had the Patreon money to, if I got accepted for the panel, which I did, it's in September, we'll have more details for that. Uh, I could use that money to actually travel out, set up a meetup outside of PAX for fans that didn't go to PAX, speak at PAX, and get you guys a live podcast from PAX. I wouldn't be able to do that without you guys supporting the show for Patreon. So for as little as $1 a month, not only do you help support It's Super Effective, but you also get access to our Slack community. As of this episode, our Slack community has over 200 other Pokemon trainers that listen to the show. And inside that Slack, we trade, we battle, we talk about Monster Hunter, we talk about our gold channel, we talk about other parts of the community, whether that's movies or Pokemon or Pokemon Shuffle or Japan Culture or Mitomo. We have a lot of things going on and it is, an, it is an amazing bunch of people that for only $1 a month, you can hang out with them too. We have other reward tiers as well. If that's something that is of interest to you, head over to patreon.com slash it's super effective and support us today. 
If not, if that's not for you, totally cool. It's super effective, will always be free. The patronage is just something that we welcome. Enjoy the rest of the show. And we are back from our break. Got another special guest for you guys. This is the third week in the row we're doing a special guest, so you got big shoes to fill. <laughs> How's it going, everyone? Marilyn here. Was, and, yeah, uh, I'm glad to be here. I was hoping you would do that because it oh, always yeah. signifies you. <laughs> it's crazy how that's kind of come to be like my intro, my motto, because I actually remember the days before that was my intro. And it's really bizarre to think of a world of Maryland without that that classic. How's it going, everyone? Maryland here. But there actually was a world before that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I I watch your stuff from time to time. I'm not I'm not the world's number one Maryland fan. I'm sure you have those people out there that are <laughs> first to comment, first to like. But uh, that always I can't help but not smile when I hear that <laughs> intro. Uh, a lot of people say that, and it's just really awesome knowing that you know it's so iconic that people want to hear it, or it just brings a smile to their face. Yeah, which is great. I mean, that's a sign of a good intro, right? Totally, absolutely. When I when we when we changed our theme song, it was really good to hear people saying, "I just I just love the new theme song." Like I listened to it two or three times before I even start the episode, and it's like, okay, good, because we had a theme song for like a hundred episodes, and then I was like, it's time to change. So hopefully, people don't hate this. Oh man, and people hate change, any little thing, and yep. they will usually tear you apart. So <laughs> it's great that it's so good that people loved it anyway. Yeah, totally. So for our listeners, you actually have been on the show before. It was, oh gosh, almost 120 (laughs) episodes ago. My goodness. Yeah, it has been a while, but I do remember that. And a lot has changed since then, huh? Totally. Yeah. For for both both my audience and your audience, we actually go pretty far back. Three or four years ago, um, I remember us playing some Pokemon trading card games. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Both at uh, pre-release events and also I think even like a city or state championship event. We even did that. And were you at nationals a few years back? Yes, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to tell the story real quick. I remember the first (laughs) time I met you, you were actually the head judge at nationals. Oh, man. That was a lot. That was the first year black and white were competitive. Yeah, for the video game championships? Yes. Yeah. Oh man, that really does go back, but that was a lot of fun. Can let's actually let's let's talk about that. You were head judge of <laughs> the the Pokemon video games. What was how did that happen? What was that like? I'm sure I'm sure the Pokemon company told you that there, there are certain aspects you can't talk about, but Yeah. Well, it was a while ago, and I can't go into any of like the internals of, you know, all right, how to how to catch people that are causing problems or what we do. And of course, a lot has changed. But um, in a nutshell, I was contacted one day back in 2009. And, you know, because I'd had my website for a few years now, and I found out that uh, I had quite a few fans in the office, too, which is kind of nice. But uh, yeah, they reached out to me and and then we kind of got the ball rolling. And um I was the head referee for the video game championship series, which just launched in 2009. There was an event in 2008, but it was just at, I think, two locations. And starting in 2009, they'd have six cities 
throughout the U.S., and it would be one each week, which was a lot of travel because being the head referee, I'd have to be at each and every one of them. So a lot of flying around, a lot of meeting people, which was just so much fun. And, of course, a lot of Pokemon. And then, of course, I also did uh, Nationals and Worlds. So I did that from 2009 to 2011. And I guess uh must have been 2011 that we met then because that's black and white. That was a lot of fun. Nationals then. Yeah, it was just really cool. Like, it's something that I never thought I'd be doing in a million years. I thought I'd just be grounded in, you know, my my basic area in southern Wisconsin for most of my life. And here I get this opportunity to fly around and meet a whole ton of people. And it was just a fantastic opportunity. Like, I still, to this day, am so grateful I had that opportunity. And, and hopefully I was a great service to players and keeping things fair and addressing any issues and even just kind of helping organize stuff because it was it was quite the undertaking back then yeah i felt like that was the first year where things really kind of took off oh yeah definitely like i remember 2009 and 2010 they did have a few shortcomings here and there and that's why black and white i really felt was geared towards uh the competitive scene just to kind of help improve things i know that they had the uh IR feature built into the card itself, which was rather handy. So that did help in a number of ways, but it was definitely great to see it grow over the years uh, since then, because now it's <laughs> pretty big to do. Yeah, totally. You know, we met at that Nationals, and then, you know, fast forward probably a year or two, and we're sitting across from each other playing the trading card game. <laughs> In Wisconsin. Yeah. And that was the first time we really had a like a full conversation. I think I've told the story before, or I don't remember if, if even you were on when I told it, but there is a term in the trading card game called donk, which doesn't really happen anymore. <laughs> not anymore. N yeah, not anymore. But what that means is uh, the player who goes first, that's technically turn zero. And then the player who goes second, that's their first turn. So if you can knock the person out before their first turn on turn zero, it's called a donk because you have won the game before that person gets a chance to play. And I get paired with Marilyn. And I don't, I, I don't think we, we both were having a pretty bad day that day. <laughs> Doesn't um, surprise me, at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I loved how much fun the trading card game was. But so, yeah, we're sitting again across from each other. We're joking about donking each other. <laughs> And uh, I end up winning the coin flip and going first, and I have most of the cards able to do it, and I, I, I draw well, I lay out everything. I think it, I think I was playing a flip teeny deck, so I've, I've oh I, my I, goodness, I those. went yeah, a long time ago. I went for the donk, didn't happen. I used flip teeny, so I got one more chance, and then I was able to do it. And uh, <laughs> it was such a funny and great moment because us being two Pokemon people. We could easily look past that game and just kind of we we played casually for the rest of the half hour and we just talked and it was great. Oh yeah, it was awesome and like spirits of players, especially back then. You know, it was just it was lighthearted. It's fun and also just to clarify, just in case anyone's thinking, wait, how could you attack on the first turn? You can't do that. Back in those days, you could attack on the first turn. It was. I don't think you could draw a card back then, and then, like, they change the rules so often. Yeah. 
to kind of keep up with things. But yeah, back then you could attack on the first turn and it did lead to those donk situations, which I didn't really like. I mean, I can laugh it off. I don't really uh, have too much of a problem with it, but I know that some people just hated that. And I didn't really like how it, it really didn't lead to a good game because it was over before you could even do anything. Yeah. But that's I mean, how the game goes. The only benefit is now you have the rest of the half hour to go get something <laughs> to eat or go to the bathroom. True. <laughs> There's definitely advantages to that. But when you're the one doing the dunk, then your next half hour feels great. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I always feel guilty or at least felt guilty whenever I did that because I did in my day. It's just the game. You kind of had to do it, but I never really felt great about it. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it was good that we just kind of sat there and kept talking and everything. Oh, yeah, it gave us a good chance to kind of catch up after all that time since Nationals. Right, yeah. And uh, we we talk off and on. I, I We actually ran into each other uh, like six, seven months ago at the Pokemon Symphonic Evolutions. Both, both shows. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was great. That was, I think, almost a year ago. Yeah. I think it was July last year. Was it that far? Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. It's like, when was the last time I ran into you? And I think it actually was all the way back then. Yeah, wow. That was, yeah. Well, it's coming (laughs) back up in Wisconsin again, so. I hope so. That'll be great. I'm sure we'll be meeting again. And it's funny because we were in the same state, so there's not a lot of barriers restricting us from actually hanging out, but. Let's talk about your website real quick because that it's it's an old it's an old site. Yeah, that's a story. So it's changed a lot over the years. I guess I'll give a, a little timeline here. So I started my website, Maryland.com, back in two thousand. Not two thousand and insert year here. No, two thousand. It was that old. Um, the dawn of the internet essentially. <laughs> And, you know, I was just a casual site. I just put stuff there. But in 2003, I started learning, uh, like, programming languages for the web, PHP specifically. And that gave my website the ability to do just all sorts of crazy things. So I worked on my... It was actually a lifelong dream of mine. I wanted to make some kind of script or something that would serve as a card database. So I could, like, keep track of all the cards that are in existence. I could look up their stats. I could search. I always wanted to do that. Never knew how. And just by studying the online manuals and doing some research here and there, I managed to make a script that did that. And it was just like the coolest thing ever. And I went from there to build like a Pokedex and then started writing walkthroughs. In 2007, though, that was when the uh, Diamond and Pearl games were released in the US. Now, a few months earlier, I picked up the Japanese copies of both Diamond and Pearl, and I started writing a walkthrough for them, as well as getting a whole bunch of data from the game to use in the Pokedex. So do you... And of course... hmm? Sorry, do you know Japanese? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I can read a little bit of Japanese. I can't speak it, but I can read some of it. Uh, Specifically, I can read Katakana almost perfectly. Like, it's... I don't even have to think. It's just, oh, okay. Hiragana, which is um, more of a simple Japanese as opposed to kanji, which are all the cool kind of symbols and characters and stuff. I can read Hiragana. Kanji, not so much. But the games were only in Hiragana and Katakana back then. So I could read some stuff. And what I didn't know, 
I could read enough hiragana to type it out and then translate it on like Google Translate or InfoSeek or something. But that ended up being a great skill. I, I learned that back in, I think, 2000 because I wanted to play gold and silver, but they were only in Japanese and I imported them. So that was really helpful to have that skill I picked up back then kind of helped in that. A hardcore Pokemon fan importing Japanese games <laughs> in 2000. Yeah, I was just a kid back then, man. That took so much of my birthday money. It was just ridiculous. That's incredible. It was so worth it, though. But yeah, the site took off, and uh, then it it just was fantastic for several years. And what happened in 2012 was I actually ended up selling my website and then working with the company I sold it to to kind of manage it. I sold it to uh, Curse or curse.com and join their network of sites, which was really good. I mean, it was, it was definitely interesting. I felt good because I felt like they would kind of be more professional and give me extra security. Cause one of my big fears was, you know, the Pokemon company would shut me down or something. And thankfully never had a problem with them, but I figured having the security of being in a site network and having, you know, more of a unified kind of control panel for everything, their own forum software and all that. So it was one heck of an upgrade. It took several months and we launched it. And that's actually been what the site has been since, let's say, 2013. It was around the end of 2012. Now, recently in uh, late 2015, just kind of times had changed. Pokemon was it wasn't really like dropping off or anything, but there were just uh, some differences here and there. I I was let go from my position there, but it actually worked out just fine because we were in good communication and saw a lot of value in the YouTube channel and just the name that I built. So um, I have to give huge props to Curse for this. They were more than willing to work towards letting me continue to use the name and letting me continue to do my YouTube thing, which was just fine. So I'm, I'm doing all right. But that's also why if you type in Maryland.com right now, at least at the time of this, it is currently redirecting to what Maryland.com used to be before all this. It's everything that it was um, for the past several years. It's just now under the name Azuraland, which <laughs> hopefully you'll get a chuckle out of. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's all amicable. Everything's good with that. That's why Azura Land is a thing. But I'm I'm no longer associated with it. Uh, I might write there from time to time, but it's it's mostly just so I can then continue to regrow Maryland.com and make it from scratch again, which I'm okay. kind of in the process of doing now. So it's a long process. <laughs> oh, I, I can imagine. So Maryland is you again. Yes, Maryland is me. I'm Maryland. We're we're all good. <laughs> and cursed is Azumarill. Azuraland. Azuraland. The evolution of Maryland. Right, right. <laughs> but they work. They were what I had given birth to, essentially. Got it. Got it. Okay. So I, from that story, I have two questions. Yes. Uh, first one is: you, see, you are you first and foremost a coder, since you made Maryland from scratch? It sounds like with PHP and everything. <laughs> Um, okay, I used to say that. In fact, even over my YouTube success, I used to kind of design uh, websites and do programming and stuff like that. Like, that's just what I always saw myself doing. However, times have changed now. First and foremost, I am a YouTuber. I do YouTube. 
the coding has actually been on the back burner for a while. So it's actually been really kind of challenging getting back into it, rebuilding from scratch. Sure. Okay. Uh, that's interesting. I, second, yeah. qu- so second question now has, has disappeared from my mind, but... Oh, no! That's all right. I did want to talk... I'll, I'll, I'll think of it eventually. <laughs> I want to talk about your YouTube stuff, because you... Yeah. That's, I think, how I discovered you prior to actually meeting you was your walkthroughs and Mm. and irene and i irene obviously when we met i before we met i told her i was into pokemon she jumped on the pokemon bandwagon right away when we started dating and she used your your videos a lot for reference too but is that still your is that still your main thing then is youtube content and then website oh definitely like the roles have entirely changed since this whole thing uh, YouTube is now my primary thing, um, because I find just so many people get into my videos. And one thing that has changed a lot, actually, since, I don't know, the past four years or so. In the past, I used to primarily focus on doing just kind of like walkthrough tutorial kind of Let's Plays, where, you know, I'm guiding people through the game. It's more structured as opposed to just, oh, I'm just going to play this game and see what happens. Recently, though, I have found a lot of people enjoying different challenge runs that I do, specifically like Nuzlocke or Wedlock challenges, which basically, in a nutshell, mean if any of your Pokemon faint, they're considered dead and you have to release them. And that sounds really harsh, but it does make the game so much more interesting and quite a bit scary, too, because you really have to prepare for a whole bunch of situations. And another thing with that is you don't always know what you're going to get on your team because you can only catch the first Pokemon in any route or any area. So, you know, one game you might get your favorite Pokemon. The other, you might end up with a Zigzagoon and it might not doing or it might not do very well. Right. And you give it a chance and it ends up going all the way to the Elite Four and just totally surprising <laughs> you. Like in moments like that, they're really cool. But I found it to be very interesting how my informative style has changed more to an entertainment style where rather than focusing on getting people through the game, it's more sharing my experience, which is cool. And I, I do still do walkthroughs for new games when they come out, but that's not the only thing I do anymore. Sure. Actually, my question from earlier yeah uh big on youtube obviously do you have quote i'm like doing air quotes right now a real (laughs) job or is is the youtube is the website is everything you do for maryland maryland like a hundred percent of your time that is a very good question so prior to 2012 where i sold the site to curse and work for them My website was my primary job. I got absolutely zero dollars from YouTube. It just wasn't a thing back then. In 2011, I think it was, there was a bit of an issue on YouTube, and I lost all the videos on my channel due to these false DMCA strikes and all that. It was terrible. But um, I did manage to get that all back, which was great. And when I joined Curse... I also became partnered with them, which had been something that had changed in the past year or so since then. And that means I could uh, monetize my videos, which uh, started out pretty nice and it's still going strong. And now with the site kind of in limbo, YouTube is now my full time thing. So 
it's pretty crazy to think that making videos of Pokemon or other games is something that you can make a living on. But <laughs> I guess another thing to remember is how much time goes into editing each of these videos and recording and commentating and stuff. It's a lot of work. It's definitely a full-time job, but it is a full-time job that I do have some control over, which is definitely appreciated. Yeah, totally. I I don't dabble in YouTube now. Uh, the The episodes that I record, I put them on YouTube just for, you know, search engine optimization, like, Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Somebody stumbled upon that. Now they can see that. Oh, we're in iTunes. We're in Google Play and stuff like that. But when I when I interviewed Xavier Woods from the WWE and we we filmed some stuff downtown Atlanta, I ended up editing and putting that on YouTube, and it was a seven minute video, mm. and it took over five hours to edit seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I definitely believe it. It does take a lot of time. Anytime I do like news videos or stuff it takes just hours just for several minutes of content right yeah so yeah i could imagine that that eats up your time that's why i was curious i was you 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 put out so much content <laughs> yeah what, what, what how how would you have time for other stuff yeah every now and then you know sometimes you just get burnt out from it and i i've been known to take breaks here and there and sometimes it's like wait it's been a week where's the video where where is it and Sometimes YouTubers just need a little bit of time and then they get rejuvenated and can come back at full force and release a whole bunch of fun content. Right. Speaking of getting burnt out, you do maybe maybe that was a bad segue, but you do other <laughs> stuff besides Pokemon. Like you have Animal Crossing videos. Is that because oh, yeah. uh, um, is that because you just kind of like, oh, I'm, uh, I don't feel like Pokemon this week. I feel like Animal Crossing. <laughs> so like. We'll take Animal Crossing for an example. I did set up a second channel called More Maryland a bit back. I don't use it so much anymore just because, like, that was when my full-time job was with Curse, and we just kind of wanted to keep all the Pokemon stuff on the Maryland channel. So I set up a second channel to kind of put the other videos on there. But, you know, now it's like, eh, I can just put whatever I want wherever I want. But those were actually from Stream Archive. So... I started up Animal Crossing a while back. I think it was, wow, almost two years ago. It was August 2014. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to stream this every day, or at least almost every day. I think every weekday. And just kind of see what would happen from it. Because I was looking for things to stream. I didn't really do much on Twitch. And I thought having some good series going would be good. And I thought Animal Crossing would be perfect. Because, you know, you'll only play a little bit of it every day. And you'll get your fill. But... It was interesting because I wanted to experiment in playing other games. I, around that time, also started up this old, old SNES game, Secret of the Stars, which is a pretty bad JRPG, and I just played it. I put it on the second channel, but it, uh, it, even if it doesn't do well, it was just fun to play. Now, recently on my main channel, I, uh, I did a playthrough, actually several playthroughs of the popular game Undertale, and I also recently started up Terraria. Now, some people are like, wait, but you're supposed to be Pokemon. Yeah, but yeah. I also realize that a lot of people, they just enjoy seeing me play things. And when there's only so much you can do in a Pokemon game, like, for instance, I'm not much of a competitive battler in the video games, uh, like for the video game championships. I'll play around, but it's never really been my cup of tea. So I know a lot of people that do Pokemon videos, they focus on battling because, you know, you can have new content rather often 
I don't know. It's just never been something that I've enjoyed. So that's why I turned to doing challenges like Nuzlocks and Wedlocks and stuff, because they mix things up. They are not as, uh, it's not as important that you're extremely thorough with it because your goal isn't to show people where everything is. It's just to survive the games and the challenge that you're going through. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of interested in experimenting with more non Pokemon content just to kind of mix it up. But of course I'll always stick to doing plenty of Pokemon content along with it. Don't worry. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think you should. And I know that this podcast has definitely gone off the rails with stuff. And, <laughs> and I think that's okay. And there was a, there was a time and place where I didn't think that was okay or where I listened to other shows that went off the rails. Mm-hmm. And it might be, you know, I, I still weigh the ups and downs that it's probably not good for first impressions. Yeah, I can see that. But for your for your audience who's coming back week after week or however often you provide content, uh, like last week I interviewed Dan Reichert from Giant Bomb and we spent a half hour talking about anxiety and meditation and mm. mindfulness. And that was a conversation that I did want to have and I thought it would be good for our audience. And, you know, three, four years ago, I would have never had that conversation. And to see like... To see the fans and the listeners react saying, you know, thank you so much for talking about this. And I really enjoyed this episode. And uh, where can I buy that book you guys talked about? Even though it was maybe, you know, 20 people that came out and said that, that alone made that conversation worth it. Oh, definitely. And those are your core people that are tuning in that want to hear you. And it doesn't even matter what you do. That's the thing. And that's kind of what I realized with my channel. People, they want just to either hear something or watch something and just have that personality. So I think in, uh, in your case, it's very much the personality and having the conversation. In mine, it's just, hey, I'm an entertainer. You know, you enjoyed my Pokemon series. Maybe you'll enjoy this. And yeah. Maybe you won't. But I'm having fun playing it. And at the end of the day, that's... That's what I think. Uh, that's what I think matters is if you're having fun or enjoying what you're doing. Right, right, yeah. I, I, I have to say though, when you started doing the Animal Crossing stuff, that's when, <laughs> that's when I was like, yeah, this is, this is awesome. Like, I want to see you do <laughs> awesome. more stuff. Like, you're, you're the, po- like, I'm the Pokemon podcast. You're the, you're Maryland. Yep, we're known, yep. f- we're known for Pokemon. But I, there's. When I saw you start doing that, I was like, there's so much more here. It's almost like you see another side of a person, even though it's just a different game. Yeah, definitely. And man, I tell you, I, I almost want to revisit Animal Crossing if the town of Benchton again, because going off the rails for a second here, because that's totally cool. A new patch coming to Animal Crossing. Yeah. A patch for what, a three-year-old game? That's crazy. You know, that I have amazing. I have all those Animal Crossing amiibos because I oh, love nice. Animal Crossing so much. And I was really I actually liked <laughs> the Wii U version, the the board game thing. I liked it. It was it was fun for when you had casual friends over. Um Oh, totally. I tell you, I saw that announced at E3 and I'm like, oh man, the dream is dead of a Wii U Animal yeah. Crossing. And I was just so reluctant to it. But I played it with two different friends. And it was just really relaxed. It's kind of like Mario Party, but even more chill. And with Animal Crossing. So I definitely had fun with it. And I think it's better than a lot of people give it credit for. 
It's not the greatest, but it is kind of fun. It's 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 like one of those games where you have friends that come in out of town and you want to talk with them, but yeah. you you want to have something just so your hands can move or or something. It's it's yeah, really it great no. for that. It's awesome for just like a a very casual social game that doesn't even take much skill or anything. Like Mario Party, you know, man, my goodness, I have friends they they try to get me to play Mario Party after I don't know how many years. And it's like all right, how do I do all these different mini games again? And it's just confusing. It's like I just keep getting destroyed. Whereas with this, it's <laughs> it's a board game. It doesn't have any wacky mini games at the end of every turn or anything like that. You just have it on in the background, chat a bit, laugh at funny situations that happen. There have been some funny situations mm-hmm. in just the several games I played. I, I think I ended up getting like 90,000 bells on some <laughs> random event. And I just... Everyone was just like, wait, what? What yeah. just happened? Oh, yeah. I had one of those moments where somebody got a ridiculous amount of bells and <laughs> we're all laughing. And then the next moment, uh, the two characters bumped into each other and they both dropped their wallets. And oh! all of a sudden, all that money switched hands. And it was just one oh, of the that's so good. funniest moments of the night. And it's like that moment alone <laughs> made the game worth it. Like, well, oh, yeah. As my group of friends will never forget that. Like, that was super funny. Yeah, definitely. And even like that island minigame was pretty neat. I only played it a few times, but it's cool that you can kind of take some of the amiibo cards and, you know, let's say you have your favorite villagers, you kind of get to have them interact together, which is just it's kind of neat. It's like an RPG mode almost. Yeah, yeah. So are you going to are you going to go back to Animal Crossing because of the patch? <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to uh like stream or do videos on it again, but I I definitely want to revisit it. It's kind of been left in a frozen state for a while so i'm almost afraid to see what will happen i haven't visited benchton i have another game uh a physical copy of it and i loaded that up and it was it was fun to kind of revisit that town but it's uh i'm excited for the patch we'll have to see maybe i'll do more since you really like it (laughs) yeah yeah let's uh let's switch gears a little bit pokemon sun and moon are coming out man how excited are you I'm pretty excited. I know at first there was such little information about it. Like when they announced the games in February, late February, uh, it's like, oh, this is great. But there was just this complete drought. Or no, they announced the games. Was it March? January. Was it January? Was it January just a title screen? And then March is when we saw the first kind of look at it. I'm trying to remember. I just remember that there was so much time before we knew any information yeah and it's funny because that now that's like six months ago (laughs) oh yeah and man i tell you july has just been and you get a pokemon and you get a pokemon and you get Mm -hmm. a pokemon they've been showing new pokemon left and right it's been actually kind of difficult to keep up with it yeah i love it in one aspect i love seeing what we're getting but at the same time i i talked about this (laughs) on uh, another show but i remember the first time i ran into halucha Oh and yeah! I, I was so because ex- I didn't know any of the Pokemon in X and Y going in. Oh, and so to see Halucha, and I was like, I don't know if this is rare. I don't know if this is unique. <laughs> I don't know what this evolved. I don't even know what type this. But that was so exciting to me, and I I hope I have that moment in Sun and Moon. And I and if they keep showing Pokemon, I don't know if that's gonna happen. <laughs> I don't think they'll show everything, but they've shown quite a lot. That actually gives me a lot of hope that it'll be a rather uh, 
rather large set of new Pokemon, which will be good. But yeah, that's a difficult, a difficult kind of situation to be in in the days of the Internet now, because you see stuff posted on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and it you can't really avoid the spoilers. And I guess me personally, I've always been a fan that likes to know all the information. Like, I'll always look all the stuff up before it's released. And it changed a little bit in X and Y because I didn't want to know who the champion was. I was really holding out that the champion would be Sycamore because I thought that would be awesome. And I remember being very disappointed when I actually found out who it was. <laughs> but it's it was that kind of mystery that I enjoyed. But knowing about like the different Pokemon and their stats and stuff, I thought was important for me as a Pokemon fan and also someone running the website to know. I I don't know. Maybe I'll be a little bit more in the dark on the newer Pokemon. I guess since the website's kind of in a limbo state right now, I, I'm not as urgently in need of updating it with Sun and Moon stuff. So it could kind of be fun going in Sun and Moon without playing. Yeah. Is that I, what you're going to be doing? You know, if you can. You know, if 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 Pokemon tweets it and or sends the press releases, I'm obviously going to report on it. Yeah. But if if there if if it's like the week before and there's a giant list of all of them leaked, I think Oh, I hate those. I think I can wait a week. <laughs> yeah. I actually did for X and Y. It leaked and I was just so sad because we came so far and you know, even though I would have looked the stuff up maybe like a day or so before, it just felt like, come on, is this really how we want the information to be released and yeah. some weird leak i remember I when it so. i remember that leak because right before the entire leak they re, they leaked the final evolutions of the starters oh yeah and i and so i saw both links and i was like well i, I have like four days to go i'm just <laughs> i'm just gonna look at the three starters and i did that and i was satisfied and that that made me pick uh fennekin just based on delphox but I, I was able to not look at that giant, that giant leak, and, and it was only like four days. But no, it felt good because like that Halucha moment and, you know, just seeing other new Pokemon for the first time was like the first time I saw Gumi was also a moment where I was like, <laughs> I don't know what this thing is. But it looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. What is there a specific thing in Sun and Moon you're excited for? Oh, man. I mean, obviously, trucks. Like, look at all those trucks. Yeah. I, just, I love that in the concept art. I think that's really neat. I don't think it's actually going to play a role, but I'm really excited that trainer customization is returning. That's just something that I felt was so missing from Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire that I think this will be just so refreshing being able to change my clothes again. But yes, I don't know. I, I recently had a situation in one of my series where I, I used a poison type move against Aerodactyl thinking, oh, well, I know that ground resists poison, but uh, I, I don't think rock does. And sure enough, it did. So I'm like, oh, wow, I feel really dumb now. But if I had sun and moon, that wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, they tell you. It, yeah, they tell you. Now, what are your thoughts on that? Because I found a lot of people were really hesitant to that idea and i guess me personally i think it's a great tool for newer players and even veterans alike i mean people that say that it takes away the challenge how is memorizing really challenging right yeah no i i i have to agree with you that i think it's a great tool and i think it's 
it breaks down the barrier for people who might find that stuff intimidating for it to exist it was almost similar to telling somebody not to use a calculator to do math <laughs> yeah that's exactly it it's like you know at the end of the day you have all of your moves you're not going to be changing them mid battle unless well you level up or something but what does it matter if you see if a move is super effective or not it yeah. just helps right I mean, if, 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 if you're actually competitive, you're, you shouldn't be <laughs> banking on the fact that your opponent might not know the types as well as you. Like, that's, right. not, that's not a good strategy. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, yeah, you, you should know that already. Both players should. And most of the time, people do stuff from memory anyway, but I just think it makes the game so much more accessible. I wouldn't mind if there was a toggle for that. Like, if people just really didn't want to see that for whatever reason, hey, go for it. Yeah, was maybe, it maybe they could challenge themselves because they pride themselves on memorizing that. I don't, I don't know. A um, lot of people do. It's weird. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. It's like, you know? But I do like that it also shows uh, stat boosts and abilities and things like that. I think that's just a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, I am excited for that. I think the biggest thing I was excited for was the character customization coming back. <laughs> yep. Oh, definitely. That's that's really good. And of course, multiple islands. I think that'll be neat. Yeah. Now this this hyper training stuff. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I I'm really intrigued by it. I think that the ability to cuz presumably it's what will raise your individual values, your IVs. Like they've all but confirmed it. I know that they don't use the IV language specifically, but <laughs> we know what it is. Right. And I think that's been one of the biggest hurdles to clear when you're dealing with competitive battles. It's the fact that, you know, you have an individual value for all six stats for every individual Pokemon you find. So, you know, you could get something in the wild and it's really cool, but it has terrible IVs. Or like well, a shiny. Yeah, exactly. Like a shiny or something. You know, it could be great. It could look cool, but... You can't really use it competitively because it's stats, it's like default stats, it's base, they, they oftentimes call it, I think, no, base stats are EVs in the game, but whatever the case. Yeah. The, um, the fact that now you can't actually train them beyond just their starting set amounts is brilliant because they did make improvements in Gen 6. For instance, breeding... It's relatively trivial to get a 5 or even a 6 IV Pokemon, whereas in Generation 5 and earlier, really the only ways you could get a perfect IV Pokemon was through either cheating or through, like, RNG manipulation, which, you know, some people kind of have issue with, and understandably, mm -hmm. but they did make that more accessible. Legendaries always have three perfect IVs, which is good. Uh, you can get... Pokemon and the Friends Safaris that have two IVs. Like, they do give options for that, but I think this will be just the ultimate way to let players use their starter Pokemon competitively that has trash IVs, but they can hyper-train to bring it up to perfect IVs, as opposed to just having to breed it and, hey, tough luck, kid. That favorite Pokemon of yours? Well, it doesn't have good IVs, so you right? can't use it. Yeah. And, of course, it'll be nice for legendaries, too, because you won't have to worry so much about soft resetting for them. You can just catch one, level it up to level 100, and max out its IVs, hopefully, that way. Yeah, especially since there's been a legendary every month being distributed. 
Oh yeah, that's right. Hey, and they're already at level one hundred, so <laughs> and we I can hyper train them right away. <laughs> I don't have time to soft reset. Let me log in, <laughs> right? download. Good yeah. to go. Oh man, I just keep mine in the wonder cards. I'm like, I'm gonna soft reset for this someday. <laughs> someday. But I almost forgot my shaman the other day. I, I think almost it was forgot actually Monday morning at like four a.m. And I'm like, oh shoot, I think shaman ran out yesterday. I hope it's still available and. Sure enough, it was. Yeah. So I, I picked up a few on my different games. I still have the Darkrai card sitting on my desk. I haven't redeemed oh, it. I nice. have I have till the 31st of August to get him. But oh, get on that. Darkrai is pretty cool. Yeah, he's really cool. I don't think I got Darkrai, though. But I've already <laughs> had a Darkrai from events past. It's like, ah. Uh... So, so are you doing are you doing a walkthrough for Sun and Moon? What are your what are your plans for the game? I haven't fully decided what I'm going to be doing because in the past, I'd also be tasked with writing a walkthrough for the site. Well, I don't think I'm going to have the site fully ready for that by the launch. Maybe I will, but I'm not counting on it. So I'm probably just going to focus on YouTube. A lot of people have been saying I should do like a Nuzlocke or something on it. And I think that might be a little crazy, but it could be kind of fun. But I think my my general idea of what I want to do is do kind of a not like a full walkthrough i'm going to show you where everything is but i'll just try to show as much of the game as i can maybe go back and pick stuff up later if i read where it is and just try to have a whole bunch of content up there for people to watch i just have to be mindful that unfortunately it will be released in europe a few days later so it's really going to be painful for all my european viewers yeah yeah (laughs) but that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. Yeah, too. you have no control over that. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Sun and Moon coming out a little bit later, but we have Pokemon Go right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that has been just taking the internet and the world by storm. I can't believe it. Yeah, we're, I think, think it's week three of it, and it's died down a little bit. A little, but a, a little. it's still crazy. Very crazy. Uh how much have you played? Have you, have you enjoyed it? It was like a loaded question. I'm just oh, yeah. spitting them off. Let's. No, that's fine. That's fine. I, I'm actually a little embarrassed. I, I'm only level seven. I'm not, you know, super into it or anything. I, I don't live in a... Well, actually, I do live in an area that's kind of close to actually quite a few Pokestops, but it's, it's just kind of weird. I don't like going out without anyone kind of tagging along, you know? It's, I agree. It's a very social game. And I, I did have a chance, actually, when I was at the uh, Steam Siege pre-release in the Rockford area to just play a whole bunch of Pokemon Go down there. There was a Pokestop at the store. It had lures going left and right, so I just got all sorts of stuff. And it was just so much fun when I was actually around other people that were playing it because, you know, it's like, oh, there's a, a Pokemon over there. There's a Haunter, a Tauros. And it was just really fun because we'd go outside and and try to find where it is, and it was just great. And we saw other people that weren't even at the store that were playing Pokemon Go, and it was just a really fun social experience. It's one of those games that I do feel is best if you play it with, like, a few friends. You go out exploring for some Pokemon, you meet some new friends, and you're out and about. But, man, I I look at pictures online of, you know, parks and beaches just filled with people and their cell phones holding up the phones looking for Pokemon. It's surreal. It's completely yeah, surreal. It's it feels like when Pokemon was released back in uh, 1998, 
and the craze kind of even spilled over on a 1999. Do you do you remember those days where I do back then? Yeah, I, re- so. I remember being on the bus and every single <laughs> yep. kid having either a Game Boy out with Pokemon or they have a handful of cards that they're sorting yep. through. Doesn't it feel like that all over again with it, Go? It does, and it, it, to me, it feels even bigger. Just it, yeah, no kidding. Over eighty million downloads, from what I've heard. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, they're still the top-grossing app in the uh, iTunes Store too. Which yeah, analysts have said if you're in that spot, you're making one to two million dollars a day. Oh yeah, easily. Well, if if you're in my neck of the woods, I can take <laughs> you to some great places. Oh, where nice. there are some, some good uh good poker spots up there yeah we got a, a lot of good poker stops but nice so level seven yeah have you joined <laughs> oh, a team boy. here goes the question <laughs> yes it's going to upset about uh well i'd say one third of the base but let's face it you know it's only going to be half um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i did decide to join team mystic because it it does represent me like yes. you know, even just reading everything i love blue but yeah and articuno is the coolest obviously i think so too <laughs> <laughs> but are you on team mystic i am yeah oh yeah there we go high five yeah internet high five. high five i read i read all three and i thought mystic did line up with what i believed in Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think it's important to, you know, choose kind of what you believe in. Or if you have, like, one of the legendary birds that you really do like, you know, go with that team. But I don't know. I'm I'm really mixed on it. Like, I do love the just kind of mild trash talk between teams. That doesn't yeah. bother me. But I, I think, think it's when fun. people get carried away with it, no, come on. I mean, we are all kind of Team Harmony as they've been floating that around with <laughs> Lugia and everything. Yeah, I think the I think the playfulness of of like chanting your team name when <laughs> when you capture uh, Jim in the area, I think that's great. I think oh, yeah. just people yelling out Pokemon in the area, I think that's great. I yeah, I it would be it would be more weird if we were all on different teams and not pushing each other a little bit. Right, exactly. I think that that, that rivalry really does kind of encapsulate what Pokemon is about. It's good to have rivals that might be on a different side than you throughout the game i mean you see rivals in the pokemon series over many years and you know they're usually rather defined and sometimes your rivals are your friends sometimes they're just total utter jerks like silver (laughs) gold and silver or question mark question mark question mark if you actually thought that was his name that was me (laughs) that was you i know some people actually did think that and it's kind of funny, but I thought yeah. they were going to reveal the name at the end. <laughs> so you just said his name was question mark, question yeah. mark, question mark. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. I but, thought I it mean, was leading up to this big twist at the end. You, you know, finally figure out who he is. <laughs> <laughs> he was a jerk, though, but he, he was. was also a rival. I mean, let's face it. He'd probably be on Team Valor. Oh, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. But it's interesting because some of the games... You can kind of tell you're all on the same team, whereas some of them you can definitely tell that, yeah, you're on very different teams. Like, I guess I would think Diamond, Pearl and Platinum. You think of your rival, Barry. And if you were if you were to equate this to Pokemon Go, you'd probably be on, well, any of the three teams and he'd be on a different one. And then maybe Dawn or Lucas would be on the same team as you. Or maybe an entirely separate team, like Team Instinct or something. Sure. Yeah. yeah but you can see those know, connections. 
it's neat to think of it that now you kind of have rivals in the real world. <laughs> Do you personally enjoy the game as as for what it is or do you think that the the if there wasn't the pokemon aspect to it it would be something that was passable to you um i think i do enjoy the concept even regardless of the pokemon but i think if it weren't pokemon related it's probably something that wouldn't interest me as much just because I'm not one that enjoys going out and, you know, meeting a whole bunch of people unless it's at like a Pokemon convention uh, where, of course, I feel at home. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun for like worlds and stuff. But I don't know. It's it's simplistic right now, but they have kind of alluded to there being a whole bunch of updates in the future. Like they're going to be adding trading. They're going to be adding more generations. And I think that what we see right now is just the start of something that'll just be revolutionary. Yeah, hopefully you see you see a lot of those games that sit in the top charts like Candy Crush, Clash of Ca- mm-hmm. Clash of Clans, Clash Royale, and the <laughs> the thing those games all have in common are the guy they, screaming, <laughs> the guy screaming. <laughs> uh, the thing they all have in common is they put out updates at least every two weeks. Like they are constantly updating their game. And oh so yeah. Hopefully, Pokemon Go fits that because i i haven't played it in a week just because the weather here it's been either too oh. way too hot to go outside i have a limit yep <laughs> or that it's, limit has been reached it's been very hot lately and or or it was rainy before that so i haven't played in a week uh you know i check at home i check at work and that's fine it's kind of the same pokemon but i i worry that for the people who are playing a lot there's there's not they might burn through it and and some people might enjoy that or just be okay with it. I'm going to play it very heavily for two weeks and not touch it again. But to keep that momentum, which I want to see, I want that momentum to stay, that Pokemon is everywhere and it, it's easy to go up to somebody and see what they're doing, talk to them. I hope that these updates are coming frequently and consistently just for the sake of the game and the community. Oh, definitely. In fact, actually, that does pose a question because I was talking with one of my friends about this and we were thinking what would be a good release schedule for new generations of pokemon like would it be every four months every six months every year every three months and what do you think would be an ideal amount of time to wait between releasing a new generation of pokemon on pokemon go i i would probably say five to six months if there were other updates in between yeah, that's personally that's kind of what I think as well. I yeah. think like six months is just right. My friend was arguing that no, it needs to be four. People will get they'll lose interest after you know six months of not having something. But I I agree with you. If they had more updates beyond just you know new generations, that it'd be fine, and that way you'd have several years worth of updates. Whereas my fear is if you burn through all the generations too quickly. Then once you're done with them, what more can you add, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe you add shinies to the game. <laughs> oh, that would be neat. Oh, my goodness. Just imagine people shouting, shiny pigeon! Right. And everyone just runs over to try to get it. Yeah. You know, I don't... I I would think it would not be smart to release more Pokemon and Pokemon Go closer to Sun and Moon. Mm, yeah. I don't think that would be a good move. Uh, you well, would actually maybe that'd be a great time for it because it gets people talking about pokemon again 
Yeah. Even if it's not Sun and Moon, it's still Pokemon. And then people might just think, oh, wow, they made new Pokemon and Pokemon Go. Maybe I should get the new Pokemon game that's coming out. Right. I, or maybe not. I don't know. It's it's weird. Know. I'll be curious to see if it's actually going to be competing with Sun and Moon or if it will just totally help its sales. Well, do you think they should do Generation 2 next or do you think they should do the newest generation to then show people these new Pokemon and go, hey, oh, there's a man. game for that right now? I hadn't even thought about that as a possibility. I doubt they'll go that route just yeah. because that'd be very confusing to a lot of people but I, I i personally think that they'll release generation two before generation seven on go right but right. that is a possibility you never know they might decide to tie it in with that or maybe throw in a few pokemon from gen seven yeah just to really mess with people <laughs> just maybe the starters or something yeah that could be cool i don't think a lot of people thought about this and technically only half of the United States has to worry about it. But what happens to Pokemon Go when it becomes winter? Oh, man. Yeah, that's, uh, that's going to get pretty cold. We're both in trouble here. <laughs> yeah, Wisconsin winters are not exactly the uh, most fun thing in the world. Yeah, no, they're not good at all. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they'll have... I don't know, maybe maybe they'll let Pokemon come to your houses a little bit more frequently or have some like daily event or something. I know oftentimes a lot of free to play games will have something that, you know, you just sign in and you get something like maybe you could have a chance to fight a wild Pokemon then or they, they give you like a free uh, incense, not a lure module, but just an incense. Sure. Yeah, something something or, or maybe that that's the time where they partner with malls. Uh, oh yeah i think they were talking about partnering with mcdonald's and that sounds just wild yeah i've heard rumors of gamestop too with the arceus event coming up but yeah uh, yeah malls would be great uh, yeah i think both people in there both those are great and and pokemon company has partnered with malls before we saw that with the black and white tour oh yeah that went through so yeah, I, I, I mean, like I said, it's only half the states that have to worry about it, but <laughs> yep. that's a lot of people that probably don't want to go outside in freezing cold to continue playing this game. Oh, yeah, but there are a lot of people that would, and they're going to, <laughs> to invest in those gloves that let you touch the uh, your phone through the gloves or have little finger holes or something, because that's the downside. In right. winter, you know, you can't just touch your phone with gloves or a mitten or something on it. It just doesn't work that way. So people will get frostbite on their fingers. And I guess Pokemon should really start thinking about that or Niantic or whoever is developing that feature or would be responsible for that because that is a legitimate concern. I can just imagine all these kids getting frostbite from playing Go without wearing gloves. And that's definitely a concern. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I told you I would only keep you here for an hour, and we're approaching that now. Oh, wow. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> yeah, huh? no, I thought it was a great Dang. conversation. We covered a lot. A lot yeah, of ground. Yeah, we did. We totally did. It was a lot of fun. A lot of ground. So much hit all the bases. You know, that's, that's what we try to do here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where can our listeners find you? Because you're, mm-hmm. you're on the internet. I, I am on the internet. You can find me on youtube.com slash Maryland. That's M-A-R-R-I-L-A-N-D. Yes, I've been causing people to misspell Merrill for about 16 years. <laughs> Perfect. Um, two R's, one L in my name. And you can also find me on the Twitters at twitter.com slash Maryland. 
Awesome. So, awesome. So last... yeah, definitely check me out. And it was great being here, but yeah. Thank you. Uh, last time you were on, which was, you know, a million years ago. Yeah. We had you request Pokemon of the week, which was Meryl. Oh, yes. <laughs> but we, we can't have that. Uh, we can't have that happen again. No, no more Merrells. No more Merrells. <laughs> but I, I do have a Pokemon of the week. All right. Idea that I think would be cool. It's one of my favorite Pokemon. It's a new Pokemon from Gen 6. So I guess it isn't really new anymore. Darn it. But it's still new to me. Gosh, darn it. So, yeah, my Pokemon of the week suggestion would be Meowstic. I love Meowstic. It's just such a cool psychic cat Pokemon. There's a different form for both male and female, and depending on whether you have a male Meowstic or a female Meowstic, they learn different level-up moves, which I think is really neat. Plus, they just have a cool design. They are cool. Are you, you're a cat. You're a cat guy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you caught me. I do love my cats. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. All right. So, uh, thank you, Marilyn, for being on. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. This is a blast. No problem. What we'll do is we will take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to do Marilyn's Pokemon of the Week, which is Meowstic. We will be right back. from our break to bring you our Pokemon of the week. But before we do that, before, hopefully you guys enjoyed the interview with Marilyn. He's a great guy to sit down with. Before we get to our Pokemon of the week, we're bringing back Healthy Living. Oh, dang. I'm not prepared for this. I've been, I just ate six donuts. <laughs> yeah, I had, uh, I had chili dogs for lunch, so I'm, I'm certainly not the one to talk to. I'm actually lying. I had three pieces of fried chicken and only four donuts. I'm back on the water kick. I got a, you know those Amazon dash buttons where you can press them and it orders stuff? Yes, yeah. sir. I have one for for Fiji water and I have one for smart water because they're my two favorite waters. You can't do Fiji water. I can't? Why not? That destroys the earth. Cool square bottle. Yeah, but the amount of like carbon footprint to get the water from Fiji to you it far exceeds any benefit you're doing for the planet. No, you got to do locally sourced water. But what you if do I that Lake Michigan water? I don't think anyone needs to do Lake Michigan water. Even Travis knows that. What Lake Michigan water is is good. It is fresh and it is water. Uh, tap water is also good. Which... You see, I don't, I can't do the tap water. And I'll probably get a lot of hate for that. And get one of the get one of the filters or whatever. No, you don't need the filter in Milwaukee. Milwaukee is like rated like number three in like all of Wisconsin of having the best top tap water. I think there are only like two other cities that have better tap water than Milwaukee because so we why have don't you drink it? one of the quote unquote best filtration systems in the world. I think it's the whole. So I I clean my kitchen weekly. I load the the dishwasher or, you know, do the dishes. And when I load the dishwasher, I am loading about 20 or so cups in the top rack 
And I noticed, because I've been doing this for, you know, several years, that none of those cups are mine. Ever. Ever. And so, I think that has something to do with it, where there's something satisfying to me about, like, cracking open a can or opening a bottle and just having that that liquid in a sealed container that makes me feel good. So you've been completely conditioned by the consumerist dystopia no. in which you live that, it's, it's that you can't... Than... Tra- Travis, it's worse than that. He was never weaned from the bottle. <laughs> he went right never from weaned. baby bottles to Dr. Pepper bottles. There was a good... There was a good thread about people complaining about bottled water and how you could just drink tap water and how bottled water is a waste of money. But technically, it's not. And this is getting, this is getting a little advanced because bottled water is competing with other bottled beverages, is it not? If I go into a gas station and I see a bottle of Dr. Pepper and I see a bottle of water, while yes, I could get free water from a tap, if I buy a dollar nineteen bottle of water, I am not buying a dollar nineteen soft drink, which means that soda company is not getting my money, but instead a water company. A soda is- company is still getting your money because like Coke owns Aquafina or whatever, maybe Coke owns Dasani. It's still Coke it's still the Dasani. same company. Yeah, it's still the same company that ends up getting your money. Well, I don't buy Dasani. I buy Fiji and Smart Water. So some other exploitative company that probably takes the local yeah. water supply from a from like a, a a developing country forcing people out of jobs. You're supporting them instead. Yeah, well, I'm pretty some sure some people have jobs. There, there are somebody at a facility bottling said water. I don't know the specifics of of Fiji and the smart water you describe, but I but but I would guess that if I so if if you have a problem supporting Coke or Pepsi. I would venture to guess that the whatever whatever it is that you would have against those corporations, and there are certain certainly complaints that could be made. I would guarantee you that the same complaints could be made about whatever other companies you're supporting. I, I wouldn't say that I'm against supporting Coke or Pepsi. I'm just saying that there is still value in shelf space because if I'm giving my money to a bottle of water on the shelf, that means another beverage cannot get that shelf space. So there is value and what there. Is, and what is like a good... What, what's another good horrible, horrible beverage that's coming to take your soul. Can't get on the shelf because water is there. Can we get to some place that we all agree on? Water is good. Right, yeah. It is good to drink water. And I want more water Agreed. in my life. So if my, if my commitment to water is to have a 24 pack shipped to my house and if the difference is instead of picking up a can of soda i'm going to pick up this bottle of water then i've made the right decisions you have made a less wrong decision you have made a decision that is better for you and probably has the same impact on the world around you <laughs> right Thank I, you for that accurate evaluation i think that is extremely accurate i mean either path i'm going i'm going down i'm still screwing over other people but the difference is I'm not screwing over myself. Well, but maybe my wallet, but that, money is no good in the yeah, bank. Yeah, that is true. You all are also <laughs> doing that. But. I mean, you could always buy a, um, what are those bottles called that we use to drink water out of? Um, uh, camel, camelback? 
Well, that's the brand name, but I meant like the, a Nalgene the, bottle. Yeah, you can always get a Nalgene because that's the same as cracking open a bottle top to drink your water out Nalg- of it. I don't know what this is. Just a plastic They're bottle, like uh, like a hard hard plastic bottle that tend to be pretty wide, so they can hold a lot of water that you just fill up and then you carry it with. It's just like a a water bottle as opposed to a bottled water, which I, seems I, like they would be both the same thing, but they are clearly not. I've gone down the water bottle path of... And that's so much better than bottled water. It's not. I'm just not satisfied ever. So do you... Wait. Do you have extra water bottles that you can bring to Gen Con for me? Thank you. Yeah, I have like a million water bottles because I've like tried them all. I've tried like the Camelback. I've tried the Camelback with the filtration. I've tried the smart water bottle that like reminds you every hour that you should take a drink. I've tried all those. And what has worked the best for me is just a bottle of water at room temperature, by the way, because agreed, because when I'm done with the bottle, I have it's almost like a game where this is the level that I need to complete. And when I finish the bottle, I have completed the level. I agree with you on the room temperature thing. I always find I drink more water when it's not very cold. But gosh, the it, you sound like a side character in a dystopia who's like, you know, I like I, I like drinking water, but without the marketing, it's just not the same. <laughs> it's not as delicious. Well, here's here's something that will blow Steve's mind beyond. The, it's going to blow Most it into bottles, the next room. Bottled water is just tap water. No. And I'll, I'll even use your uh, colloquial term for it. So he'll clearly understand you can buy a bubbler for your house. Uh, that's what the Wisconsin people call it. I've never called it a bubbler. I always called it a drinking fountain or a water fountain. Are you not a Wisconsin person? I am, <laughs> but I, I never subscribed to the bubbler term. Those of us in the real world call it a water cooler. I've never I heard of wa- a drinking fountain or a water fountain. Probably yeah. a drinking fountain. No, no, no. A water cooler where you get the bo- huge bottles of water delivered to you. Oh, what are those? No, see, that's not, a, that's not what Wisconsin people would call a bubbler. Are you sure? No, they would a, call a, a bubbler Wisconsin person called With a one what? that you twist and that sprays in the air, they would call that a bubbler. But they would also call a water cooler a bubbler because it makes the bubble sounds like the... Yep. Wait, so what are you... T- oh, you're talking about like a... Like the oh, office yeah, like water, water cooler. cooler. Yeah. Like the like the like an office water cooler. Okay. No, exactly. I, hate, I hate the water cooler. I hate everything about it. My work got rid of our bottled water. We used to have a fridge full of bottled water, and what I would do is I would go to the fridge, I would take three bottles of water out, I would set them on my desk, and then the next day they would be room temperature. And they <laughs> well, got, that's why they got rid of the bottled water, because you were drinking it all. And then they got rid of it to save money, and they brought. They were like, "Well, we have the water cooler." And the first time I went to the water cooler, I went to like fill my cup up, and then I noticed that it was dirty, and I threw it all away. And I was like, "Never again am I going to the water cooler. This is too dirty for me." And I walked over to the Piggly Wiggly, which is a dying grocery store grocery <laughs> store chain in Wisconsin. I walked over to the. That Piggly has an Wiggly. amazing name, by the way. I love Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> it does have a good name, and I bought. A six-pack of Smart Water for like $7 because Smart Water is way overpriced, and I walked back, and I was satisfied. I like to imagine you went up to the water cooler, you filled up your cup, and you reached like above the cup where the cap would have been to turn it, and you like turn your hand, and then you look quizzically at the water, 
and then you sigh and you just dump it out on the floor. <laughs> the real the real flaw in his story is that the cup being dirty was his own fault. It, it goes back to the loading the dishwasher and I oh. just don't care about there's something about like the the So it's not it's not about it's not about, <laughs> it's the, about a lot the, of things. Satis, it's not about the satisfa- satisfaction of of opening up a bottle of water or what have you, which is ludicrous to begin with. It's about you don't want to do dishes. I, you know, the, loading a dishwasher and unloading a dishwasher is easy. Correct. <laughs> it, it's, I'm a, I'm a mess. Well, at least you know it. Uh, our Pokemon of the week is Meowstic. The not a water type cat Pokemon. Oh, no, pull it up. The, the constrained, constrained Pokemon. Pokemon. There we go. Sorry, I didn't have the, have the window open. Uh, Meowstic appears drastically different between genders, but in either form, it is a bipedal feline Pokemon with a human-like posture, digital appendages, and two tails. The male's fur is predominantly dark blue with accents of white, and the female's color scheme is reversed. The male ears are mostly blue. You guys know what Meowstic looks like. It's a cat that stands up. It's psychic. It is 678 in the Pokedex. 50% female, 50% male. Travis has a moveset. Uh, I've he breaks got two of them for you. Two of them. And why he has two of them, I didn't know this. But uh, the male and the female both have different hidden abilities. So they both can have Keen Eye or Infiltrator. But the male can have Prankster and the female can have Competitive as their hidden abilities. So... And, and equally um, equally important, the move pools of the male form and female form are different. The male has more defensive moves and the female has more offensive ones. There you which complements their hidden abilities. Like Prankster is a better supportive ability, for example. So what what to translate what Travis just said is the male and the female Meowstic learn different moves during level up. Completely different. That is well, a, they have some overlap, but that mostly is a different simpler. move. Yes. That is mm-hmm. all right. Would you say that Meowstic is the tap water and the male Meowstic's the tap water and the female is the bottled water? No. Okay. Got that out of the way. All right. Well, what's what's our movesets here? So we'll start with uh, the female Meowstic. um, And we're going to do the hidden abilities for both. So that's competitive for female Meowstic and prankster for male Meowstic. There is also something to be said for... Uh, an infiltrator set because infiltrator is a great ability for getting past substitutes, light screens, reflex, and safeguard. I think is the other thing infiltrator gets you through, but no one's using safeguard. Um, there is nothing to be said for a keen eye set, so don't do that. Um, competitive for those unaware is an ability where if that Pokemon's any of that Pokemon's stats would be lowered, then its special attack raises by two stages. So even if its special attack gets lowered by one, it'll be raised by two, and it ends up being a a net gain of one stage, which is... I don't remember the exact numbers on how much one stage equates, but you can look it up. So, for example, if someone uses Defog, Defog is a commonly used move where the opponent's evasion is lowered and all the entry hazards are taken away. So a lot of people use defog because it gets rid of stealth rock spikes, toxic spikes, sticky web, 
but it also reduces the opponent's evasion, which in this case, uh, if you're playing Meowstic, a female Meowstic with competitive, would the reduction in evasion would still happen, then Meowstic special attack goes up by two, and now you're dealing twice as much damage, if my memory of stages um, yeah, it's something like that. Correct. Because of that, we're going to be using a specially offensive set. We're going to give you a timid nature, which is the one that increases your speed and decreases your attack. And then your EVs are going to be 252 in special attack and speed. Um, and then for fun, instead of doing like a life orb set, which would be the more common, we're going to do a choice specs set. And we're going to do Psychic, Shadow Ball, Thunderbolt, and Trick. The Psychic, Shadow Ball, Thunderbolt are all just for um, dealing damage and having coverage. And then Trick is there so that you would use Trick in a circumstance where you would want to make another, uh, an opponent's Pokemon less effective. Um, so, for example, if you're running up against a Pokemon that uses all physically offensive moves, you can use Trick, which gives your choice specs to them and you grab whatever item they have. Now they have the disadvantage that Choice Specs imposes where you can only use the first move that you used when you switched that Pokemon in, but it doesn't gain the advantage of the additional special attack because it's a physically attacking Pokemon, so you can have that benefit out of it. Um, I think that explains the female Meowstic set. It's more of a sweeper than, well, it's definitely more of a sweeper than a defensive Pokemon, so you want to be careful with your switch-ins. The only time you'd want to really switch into a move is if you expect something like a defog that would reduce your stats so that it'll boost your special attack, or if you think they're going to switch into like a Gyarados or something with Intimidate, because that would also trigger competitive. Our set for male Meowstic is going to differ a lot because the move pool and and uh, the prankster ability lead you t- uh, to more of a supportive or defensive direction. Prankster for those who don't know, is an ability where if you use a move that doesn't deal damage to your opponent, and that includes status effect moves like Toxic or whatever, then that move gets an increased priority, like Quick Attack or something. So um, a Pokemon with Prankster using Thunder Wave is going to go first over a Pokemon that's faster than it, uh, unless that Pokemon is also using a priority move. So we're going to use both Reflect and Light Screen, um, because dual screens can be very helpful for a team. Uh, Because we're doing that, we're going to put uh, light clay on our uh, male meowstick because that extends the length of those two moves. Reflect reduces the damage from physical moves, and light screen reduces the damage from special moves, and that continues even if you switch out of male meowstick. For the other two moves, we're going to want at least a status effect because that's generally a good idea with a defensive Pokemon like this so that you can have prolonged effect even after the Pokemon dies unless they um, use like a healing bell or something so we're going to put thunder wave on there uh, and then the final move is going to be psychic just so that you can deal some damage in a pinch the recommendation here that i'm reading is uh, bold nature and i don't remember which one that one is uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but then terrible pokemon go update uh my nearby says paris pidgeotto wheel venonat rattata a bunch of other garbage pokemon uh, so Paris and Pidgeotto being first in the list, a Weedle actually popped up. So I don't think the uh, the order of the list has uh, much importance anymore. But I will Good keep in, I will keep investigating. Back back to you, Meowstic. <laughs> and then for EVs, we're gonna do 252 in HP and defense. And that's it. That's it. If you get a shiny Meowstic, 
It is a it is yellow and white instead of blue and white, uh, which is pretty cool. It's like a like a golden yellow. Uh, Meowstic is the only Pokemon with a base stat total of four sixty six. How low is that, Travis? Was it what, people want like five hundred ish? What was the what was the stat in question? I was looking at something else. Uh, base stat total four sixty six. It's not very good. It's pretty low. The speed is okay, um, and the special attack is uh, workable. Um, but generally, you wouldn't run this on a very competitive team just because it doesn't have a lot of stats, especially for like a defensive Pokemon like we're trying to make Male Meow stick into because it doesn't have the bulk to survive many hits. I mean, maybe with a light screen or a reflect it could, but unfortunately, it doesn't have a very high base stat total. You want something in at least the 500s generally. Got it. Yeah, and uh, bold nature increases defense, decreases attack. There you go. Sounds right. Uh, Meowstic is the only Pokemon to have separate movesets for each gender. Some trivia for you. And finally, during Google's April Fool's event on 2014, Meowstic's genders had separate dex numbers in the Google's regional dex. The male was 139 and the female was 140. Yeah, Meowstic's based on a cat, if you guys didn't know that. I don't believe it. Who would have guessed? Meowstic could be a combination of Meow and Mystic. That tracks. Seems right. That seems accurate. There's Meowstic. That was uh, Marilyn's Pokemon of the Week pick. He's a big Meowstic fan. As am I. I, uh, I've said that before, that uh, I enjoy the Meowstic. But I think, uh, I think that wraps up our show for you guys. If uh, a little house cleaning before we say our goodbyes. Uh, if you are going to Gen Con and you haven't done so yet, uh, there is a free... Pokemon podcast live podcast at Gen Con on Friday night at 6 p.m. Gen Con time. Uh, you do have to have a Gen Con pass to go to the free event. You just can't walk in. But uh, if you're going to Gen, if you are going to Gen Con and you want to say hi, uh, you can either tweet at my Twitter at Dragon Lake or at Pokemon Podcast and let me know that you're in the area. You want to say hi? I will have. Uh, pokemon go buttons for people who come up to me and uh say hi to the show uh also i will have pokemon go buttons for everyone who comes to the live podcast i have i have the three different types if you're on team mystic uh instinct or valor i will have a specific button for whichever team you represent uh if you are no team like will i'm not sure what to tell you can i get just like a plain blank button i will (laughs) i will see if i have blank buttons laying around and uh so yeah otherwise uh we do have a patreon if you want to support the show patreon.com slash it's super effective uh if you want to give us a dollar a month that will get you access to our slack community otherwise if you do not want to give us money but you want to help the show out because you like what you hear uh please leave us a review in itunes Uh, we are at 617 reviews my goal for 2016 was to get to 600 reviews but we passed that so i guess we have like five six months left in the year so let's try to get 700 before the end of 2016 i think that would be that's a ambitious goal uh but i think it's doable i don't think i have anything else i will be at gen con next week while i will be recording the live show i don't know if i will get it up in time so i might actually publish for everyone our kickstarter exclusive show which is uh three hours of me travis Will and Micah debating about which 10 Pokemon are the best 10 Pokemon out of the current 723 Pokemon. Things get very heated. 
It was a good show, though. It was really, really great. Mm-hmm. I sometimes think in bed or in the shower or while I'm drinking a bottle of water that I wish there was more conflict, more debate on it's super effective. And I feel like I felt like that Kickstarter show was exactly what I had the thirst for. Yeah, it was great. It was really good. So I might publish that. I did uh, reach out to the the people who backed the Kickstarter originally, and none of them uh, really seemed opposed to. Uh, I would say none of them did seem opposed to uh, providing it for everyone. So that is probably something that will be published. Unless I have time to edit that live show, I'll get that up too. But um, do you guys have anything else? Uh, I will also no. be at Gen Con. You're not there exclusively. Will will also be at Gen Con. Travis will be in Michigan. That is correct. Michiganing it up. Uh, all right. Otherwise, that means. <laughs> Travis is at the Travis W. Will mm-hmm. is at wash in the sink correct uh you can follow the podcast on twitter at pokemon podcast otherwise this has been another episode of the pokemon podcast and we are super effective water bottles (laughs) what a dirty dog